welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does. I think we're listening to Tim. It's Best Film Ever. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ellie. I'm Ethan. And I'm Georgia. Hey! And I was looking forward to going, hey, hey, the gang's all here. Because Ethan was supposed to. Unfortunately, Ethan's still via satellite, if you will. Yeah. yeah we have four of us here. Ellie's in the studio of awesomeness today. Woo! I am indeed. And it was very confusing to work out where to say my name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Pip's just sitting down. He's he doesn't usually do this. <laughs> I think he's representing Ethan around the table. He's just sat down going, and I am here too. He had his paw up a minute ago. He's oh, been a good boy. It's because there's a Pippin in the film. He there is a Pippin in the film. You call it Tad Pippi. So we are doing today, which seems quite fitting, episode 85, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. We are indeed. Man, it's a long film. Oh, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. let's not waste... I did not watch the extended cut, you'll be pleased to Good. know. It felt like we did, but we didn't. Mm. <laughs> the apocalypse now cut. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I'll be known let's as. Let's take a look here. So we charted this week in America, in uh, Canada, Australia, in Denmark, in South Africa, in Malaysia, the Czech Republic. We were uh, number 24 in the Netherlands, number 37 in New Zealand, number 29 in Switzerland, number 49 in Singapore. Number 40 in Finland, number 28 in Ghana, number 10 in Uganda, number 6 in Paraguay, number 6 in South Korea, and I'll take this, number 16 here at home in the UK. Wow, that's great. They love the Monty Python. I don't think it's the best, I've got a chart now, the best we've done, but it's been a while since, it's been a long time since we've been this high. Yeah, yeah. So so thank you, all around the world, thank you, and here at home, thank you as well. Thank you. As as Pip is now bringing (laughs) toys. You can tell he's not seen Ellie in a long time. <laughs> so uh let's go ahead and do some quick promos uh, our real round table on tom hanks dropped uh last week actually people go oh i didn't know you're recording that i'm like <laughs> ah, we promo it every How week, long did we announce that? <laughs> every <laughs> week. <laughs> and it's always recording that we always release the last friday of the month mm-hmm. so we're always recording the sunday before that so That's if you're right. sitting here but why wait why not get your five in yeah just do it and then if you find that you've watched a couple new ones go hey ian <laughs> I want to make a couple changes. Yeah, I want to make an amendment. And I'll be like, yeah, all right, just make sure I know that you have put one in already, so don't put you in twice, but that's that's totally fine. Yeah. So get them in. Get them in. With uh, the I'll, hashtag BFE Top 5? That's right, hashtag BFE okay. Top 5. Well we were supposed to do the BFE Top 5 today, but Ethan's decided to stay away, so <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't feeling well. Pippin's in the number five spot. Uh, also, Kingsman, and can't say enough about Norman Kent for coming on our yeah. episode last so week. Cool. Really, really, really cool. We had a whole, so good. the whole interview, which he goes into a ton of stuff, which is fantastic. And there's links to the videos he talks about in that, uh, in that interview that we mm-hmm. put up on, on the list as well, and we've retweeted out a bunch of stuff he's done uh, and really can't be more thankful and appreciative for norman kemp for spending some time with us absolutely uh, a fascinating inspirational man Definitely. true gentleman uh ethan and i just dropped dr who dalek on who do you think you are uh episode two is just dropped and doing really well really really well yeah, that's episode, nice episode one did well and episode two's done about 15 percent above that so wow, that's, good. that's what you want you it's want growing growth yeah growth is what we're after <laughs> so why not go ahead and watch and go through doctor who with us we're not going episode by episode we're going sort of the main ones the fixed points if you will and we let you know what the next one is so why not join us on that journey it's a fun we've actually recorded our goodbye to christopher well most yeah. of yeah. Most of it, we had to leave just a little bit, a little bit before you know we regenerate into David Tennant, I suppose. But we'll go ahead and we'll catch that up there. That's every two, every fortnight. Ha, British word on the BFE. Are you doing either the Clockwork Dolls or the Werewolves? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna answer individual episodes. No, just because I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But nor do I also want people to go. Why are you doing this? One? We're doing the ones we're doing, <laughs> okay, cool. the one and that's where we'll go. Don't blink. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, terrifying ones. I can say that our next one we're releasing, episode three, so in about a week and a half's time now, will be Are You My Mummy? Oh, which yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's got some proper horror vibes yeah, to it, so right. there we go. Um, Georgia, today should be on your next favorite movie, talking about yeah, The Princess hey. Bride. And I'm hoping next week, Josh will do me a solid and let me know who had the best first seven days on their episode. <laughs> did, did Liam and I build the audience so you guys could sort of, you know, knows, get the, the benefits of it? Or, or did, did, the 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 did they hear me and go, that's it. Yeah, I got that. I like that. <laughs> Don't need to hear the best month ever. Thanks a lot, Josh. It's been yeah. a lot of fun over the last month doing uh, your next favorite movie. Uh, on the note, our next Real Roundtable is back to school because I'm going back to school. Gotta go back. Today's Tuesday. Tomorrow, yeah. I'll be going back to school for my first training day. Uh, cool. I don't go back till next Monday. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, so oh, I never left. That is it. So get your picks in. Don't be don't be like don't be like Ed from the Film Effect podcast. Get your picks in. Remember, we do this earlier than you think. Time gets away from you. Same message I give the students: study early. Don't leave it to the last minute. I'm very last Things minute. will go. I was very last minute in school. Absolutely, I was. But don't be like that. No. Uh, BFE Quiz Night 3, Quiz Night with a Vengeance, is all full up. No Way. draw needed to happen. Ooh. So we have five individuals, uh, Danny and four challengers. We're just going to see what happens there. We're recording September 11th. We'll probably release, I think it's on the 19th. I'm not sure on that. Pippin's birthday. September 11th? No, 19th. Oh, 19th. There we go. Yeah. Good job, buddy. Um, <laughs> and so let's go ahead and crack a lack on uh, with our reflections and corrections. It is Carrie Elwes. That was it. It's Carrie Elwes. Sometimes people Carrie say, Ewell's. some people said Carrie Elways. Yeah, yeah. But it's not Yules. Oh, I can no. 100% guarantee it's Yules. not Yules. So there we go. Uh, uh, Georgia called me up last week and saying, you never said flood when, the, when it floods in Kingsman. No, and I think I did. You went, no, you didn't. I said, I'm really sure I did. I didn't. I went back and, and listened to it. I very much did not. So. There's a mistake. So, uh, we were talking about names that end in ELL and those not being masculine or feminine. So those being largely feminine words. Yeah. I have a friend called Tremel. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, with an E on the end. No, E-L-L. Oh, it's E-L-L-E, we were saying. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah E-L-L-E. Well, like yeah, I think it's just changing the rules on me. Gazelle. Yeah, so, L. And then we L. had the yeah. big question, which was, what's the most iconic scene? Yes. Oh. And I haven't looked at the update, actually, so I'm really quite curious about this. Well, you might be German for a while, because i got to go ahead and put the hashtag <laughs> in Twitter here. Let me take a look here. So, right, we're, I'm we're going to the home screen. I'm going hashtag BFE poll. A great place to find all of your BFE poll results, past polls that we might have done. And uh, that's the Ryan Gosling one. I don't want to see that one. That one's well, right And so the question is, what was the iconic scene? I do have the numbers. Let me go through. I, hang on. i got a, a small preamble here. Oh. <laughs> Griff said, church scene, Ian is right. No poll needed. <laughs> Hermes said, my gut originally was with Ian, but after the explanation that the ending scene, it, it leaned so heavily on the first, and it's so quoted, and even referenced again in the sequel. Yes. I know we're only talking about the first film here, but I think it's relevant. And I went, no, 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 the sequel does not count. This is independent of a sequel. <laughs> but Rachel, sorry, Ratchet Book Club went ahead and said, the church scene was shocked when I first saw it, but also exhilarating. I actually felt badly for how much I loved it. But then someone else went pub scene, because the first thing we hear, Kingsman is manners maketh man. So mm-hmm. that's got to be the reason. The poll is up. 
it was very much a two horse race. Ooh. No one voted for heads exploding in color. <laughs> not one person. We had thirty two votes, not one person. I mean, you're all wrong, but um, cool. It looks like one person voted for the skydiving scene. Great scene. That yeah, was a good scene. Not the first one I think of when I watch it. I go, oh, I really like this scene. Really, yeah. re- really a key moment. But not one you think of. It was so. It was neck and neck all week. I will say the winner is Manners Maketh Man, the pub fight scene. Oh, with fifty three percent of the vote, forty three percent of the vote shirt scene with Freebird. Now, I just want to throw one more piece of information. Uh. I'm just going to say the Golden Schmo Award for best action sequence. It's an award, the Golden (laughs) Schmo Award for best action sequence of that year went to the church fight scene. Well, of course it is. That's quite the best scene. line was nominated for Manners Maketh Man. It didn't oh. win, but it did win too. best fight scene. So I'm going to say Golden Schmoes, you count for five votes and I win. It's always fun when we go ahead and do a, oh, that's not it. I'll do a little, little BFE poll. So thank you very much. Um, and just as a small teaser, we a small teaser, unlike a mall teaser, <laughs> we had a big guest last week. I'm hoping we're also announcing a very big guest at the end of this episode. That's what they call a teaser Ooh. to get people a small teaser, a small teaser. And it's one that Tentilating I was teaser. really excited. About, I'm really excited about this one as well. So hopefully, uh, so yeah, check to the end here. Uh, and I was going to say, you guys. Let me. Carlo got a hold of me and said he appreciated the cross cutting of "There's no crying, there's no crying" with him crying after Wilson. From, <laughs> and he said that was masterful. I went, thank you. No one from my group mentioned that. I really appreciate <laughs> that. So thank you, Carlo, for listening. Uh, shout outs, massive shout out to Josh. We already said for best month ever. Ed from the Film Effect Podcast. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Uh, they're starting to do two a week. Those guys are watching a lot of movies. Wow. I know the, week, the weeks that we do two full reviews, I'm like, that's a lot. That's that a is, lot. That is. That's a lot. God bless you. That's your three jobs. Yep. Uh, congrats <laughs> to Filmfluence for hitting a milestone. Same as Chuck goes to the movies. Who I should Chuck and Ruff go to the movies. Just hit a big milestone of download. So well done, boys. Ruffy kind of kind of getting in there on the ground floor and kind of taking part of the glory there. But <laughs> well done. I think they're brothers. Oh, cool. Brothers, yeah. Cool. Uh, family podcast for the for all the love. BFE quiz night is full. Danny, Carlo, Stew World Order, the podcast that wouldn't die, and my sister Kirsty are going to be the five contestants Yay. there. And don't worry about nepotism. I hope to see her lose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag still Kirsty. If you win, love. I will grant you personhood. There yeah. we go. If you win, I will grant you personhood. Danny, what is personhood. I've said openly, Kirsty's not a person. <laughs> yes. When was that? People have commented on it. Okay, if Kirsty win, is that sticker worthy? Sticker worthy? Yeah, yeah. I guess so. I mean, <laughs> we got our sticker that says, I am, now a per- I am now a person. <laughs> yeah, that's actually my thing. <laughs> What's that, what? You've got to actually no, send them out. Kirsty sticker gets um, to go back home has to Canada someone, when Ian next has go. someone <laughs> sent them out? Hang on, have, have, have you sent the stickers out? Have I sent the stickers out? Have you? <laughs> we shall see. You keep asking we? questions and then picking your <laughs> phone up. I don't know what this means. Did you? Did you actually take a picture? It's oh, sticker worth. Hey, Does so Liam sticker for you, the stickers? Liam's got like three hundred stickers, so he's fine. Brilliant. So, I took a picture. Does Russell the Posty get to send the stickers? I guess he does. Or handle the stickers. He he might. I don't know. He he, he, he got the first sticker, so there he we go. The curious question: Who got the first BFE sticker? It was Russell the Posty. Hey 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 hey. hey. Mr. Postman. Uh, and I even wrote a little message to everybody. 
Oh, that's, that's good. I do that too. That's nice. Yeah. Well done. Uh, so, Wizard for All the Love, Dwayne Smith says, Great to have Georgia back. And they appreciated the McDonald's banter. Yeah. It's always those things where I'm like, let's talk things. about this. Where, yeah, yeah. you know, when I watch, listen to other podcasts, I'm like, that's the stuff you remember actually. It's going, oh, I'm going to the McDonald's. Thing, which <laughs> I just didn't plan when I sat down. Went, Here, I'm going to ask everybody for the McDonald's. Yeah, order. No, it, just it just sort of happens. I yeah. like those moments. Uh, Kirsty said she was also happy to hear Georgia back. Uh, said that her second COVID shot also knocked her out for a bit. Uh, she and I tend to think similarly. I am now here to say on behalf of BFE, Georgia is no longer a person. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Russell the Posty reminded us that Samantha Janice, I guess her name, it was was in Game On. Game On, and Griff also jumped in with that. So thanks a lot, boys. Game On was great. Paul and Griff are back, and I listened to their first episode back. Great to hear them back on the airwaves. They do two episodes a week now. One talking about movie news, and one with a review. It was good Uh, to listen. I was in the movie news and learned a lot. And as always, it like descends into 1980s wrestling, which I'm like, get in. I'm glad they're back. I am very glad they're back. Two of the nicest guys. Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. So, so there cool. we go. Uh, off radar for all the love. Just go watch Pod for all the love. Uh, Wesley for all the love. Thank you very much. It's a new contributor. Oto Dura Parlay Hour. Movies for when discussing box office bombs that are actually good. Oh. There we go. So that's like the, the whole podcast. I said be cool. I oh. love be cool. That's not bad, me. No one likes be cool, but I love it. They went, oh, we love it too. I went, cool. That's the Travolta one. Be cool. Right? Be. be cool. I like him. I like him more of him get shorty. Hot take. Oh, the uh, sequel, yes. Because yes. Get Shorty's the original one. Yeah, it's all yeah, so yeah. much better. I'm like, actually, I totally disagree. Um, cheap Seat Reviews for the Love. What's your thoughts? Podcast for all the love. They're new. Thanks a lot for helping spread the word of us. Even the score, who we love for the love. Adam Y for the love. Alex from Main Street Finance. I went on his podcast this week and recorded like a behemoth of an episode on movie finance. Oh. It was long. It was, was like that? two hours long. I got to go full teacher mode Imagine on it. Imagine that. Yeah. Oh, well, you, you love podcast. that. I do. I, well, it's weird because you're used to getting like feedback from a class, right? Yeah, yeah. And asking questions and posing things. And this was just more like a lecture. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> that's a bit after a while i'm like i'm really getting kind of tired here <laughs> and it was like you can like stop and refer like, i'm just gonna edit this together and i'm like yeah i guess so i'm just not used to the idea because my editing is just mainly just if we make any mistakes i'll cut those out but otherwise we tend to just put out pretty much raw what happens and anything you normally edit out will be in the code later if, if, it's, if it's like funny then absolutely uh so uh, <laughs> even when i was on the phone with amazon that one time <laughs> uh there we go uh, we're gonna need a bigger movie who tried to go what is the best film ever and i want to respect the gimmick man if i tell you this what's the point in the podcast exactly. we I'm are on that. a journey maybe not as long as the journey frodo baggins appears to be on but no. we are on a journey that's a hell nice of a journey segue. thank you very much uh he took issue with chicago is our highest rated one to date and i went consider what it's like to get a movie through the four of us and not have one person go i don't like it yes because that's really hard because we're Mm -hmm. talking in order to score that level we're talking nine out of ten you pretty much each person has to kind of be on board with without one person going didn't feel it yeah for whatever reason right so that's really difficult it is um they did ask about recording disasters we've had a couple i shared them game for a movie for the love chance for more for the love on the way to the forum for the love uh globe hell podcast family network the words globe hell and family feel like they're juxtaposing there Uh, science fiction remnant for all the love um and they said that we're on the outer rim of their uh Twitter engagement. There's the yeah. circle. little circle things. Yeah. And we're on the outer rim. And I said, hey, every now and then a hero comes from the outer rim. 
Luke Skywalker came from the Outer Rim. Oh. There we go. Ethan, can you back me up on that? Luke Skywalker didn't yeah, do Tatooine yeah, is on did. the Outer Rim. Yeah. There oh, we go. Yeah. Ha ha. Star Wars. Oh, that was a Star uh, okay. Star Wars reference. Cool. Uh, Carlo, as always, for all the love. Thanks a lot, buddy. Um, what else we have? Kids, what are we watching tonight for the love? Peter loves movies. For some weird defense, you were talking to Ellie about Bridget Jones, and he's like, Bridget Jones, one and three are great. I'm like, three? Three? I, li- I like three. Three's not fit for cat litter. I like oh, three. Oh, it's so I bad. Like it. oh, I, find it funny. One. I can get behind two. People are like, I admit, two's not as good as one, but I can, I can, I can deal with the. Someone gives me two's good. I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. Three is Bridget Jones' baby, right? Yeah, three. Oh, yeah. So, oh, crap. It made me laugh. Oh, I've only geez. seen it once, so I do need to watch it again because I, I don't know it. if I prefer it to two or not. I oh, think three so. is I do, so bad. Yeah, no, I think so. If there's no Hugh Grant, it's not a Bridget Jones movie. Well, he's mentioned. Well, he's the one I couldn't recast. It's, so. it's, no, this is like if like <laughs> Liam Gallagher and like the BDI boy said, we're Oasis. It's not Oasis if you don't have Noel. It's not Bridget Jones' diary if you don't have Bridget. Hugh. Ah, but BDI never claimed to be Oasis. No, no, I'm not, nor am I saying they are, but I'm saying if, <laughs> you know, if they did, we'd be like, don't count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're missing, you're missing the key ingredient. The key ingredient, yes, it is Renee Zellweger, but it's, all, it's not Oasis, because Noel's never tried to say his solo stuff says either. I think you need both parts of that to be Oasis, right? Yeah. You need Noel and Liam. You need Bridget, and you do need the scoundrel. As long as they don't You've bring got back a scoundrel, though. Patrick, Patrick Dempsey. Dempsey. He's not, yeah, he's not a scoundrel. I he's like, the, he is a little He's bit. the other man. He's just a competition. He's a nice guy. She's still I not settled down with one person. I didn't like him. <sighs> Every movie, she has to have like a crisis of like, do I love him? Do I not? <laughs> yeah, she yeah. settles down at it's, the end. It's, it's not, good. It's not as all... F- like, like she did in the f- first one and the second one. It's not at all a formula. Yeah, it's just setting <laughs> Maybe I just don't like formulae films. Maybe not. Um, let's talk. Juline likes her wrestling. We discussed Becky Lynch match at SummerSlam and Can as did Danny it from it's a, it's a, there's a bell and <laughs> she, her plan is that the crowd to boo her and we all went it ain't happening no no one's oh, gonna boo her they tried that once in Toronto they tried to turn her heel and the crowd cheered she's just not she's, she's just, just not. great she's great uh Jay Salahi for staying in contact hey, on that note. Jay. Give Northwood Pie a watch. Give it a watch, then give us a listen. Jay Salahi, watch this space though, I'll say that much. Ooh. Jay Salahi. Uh, we've got Ray from NBC. <laughs> dun, dun, so, not before coffee. Uh, Tony for all the love. Hermes liked listening to us pick our favorite kill. He thinks we're going to the dark side. Ooh. That's two Star Wars references in one episode. There we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am a Slytherin, so... <laughs> Pippi. Pippi's a Hufflepuff. <laughs> um, we got the nerd alternative for the love. And then the random word, I think only Julene came up with purple. Hey. Maybe that's too random. It's very Why boring. It it's a very boring word. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Samuel Jackson, Jackson tends to yeah, use yeah, a lot of purple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and know then me, I think I'm a thief. Finally, <laughs> a lot of excitement over this one. Julian and Carlo both excited about Lord of the Rings. So, uh, I do have to make sure there is some, uh, I thought with a guest on last week, maybe it wasn't the best idea to go ahead and, uh, you know, buttons change color, have our, um, have our poetry slam at that point. So I am here now to bring up and you can do it now. I can do it now. Now that we don't have a guest, we have to impress this week. (laughs) So I am just looking for. We, I've, I've switched the screen. The colors are different. So hey. let's take a look and see. I got to find mine. Uh, Liam, all I know is that when I hit the appropriate button, I need you to, in a very somber tone, very serious, just go. Okay. All right. Is that doable? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So if you're like, what did he say? I purposely muted the microphone. So Ethan, <laughs> Ethan heard it. Ethan heard it, but no one else did. All right. Are. Ethan so, didn't. Oh, did they not? 
Oh, no, I, I heard it, but that's because I'm in the room. Oh, no, because I muted the mics. That's right. You <laughs> yeah. wouldn't have heard it. My bad. So here we go. So uh, we spare no expense here at the BFE. So I flew our uh, our, our three finalists to a Parisian cafe. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you hear a little music in the background, we were just doing it at a poetry slam in the heart of Paris, yeah. as you do. Obviously. Because, you know, places are opening back up. Is France on the green list? I don't know. <laughs> Let's say yes. I don't know. But here, the first one up is we've got friend of the podcast, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. A milkshake brings all the boys to the yard, and this may be hard for her to just disregard. But she wants more than just fucking, and prays every day to the Lord above. Although not religious, she wants a man, not a boy, for romance, for merriment, for love. A man with the body of a Greek god, the bank balance of Tony Stark, and the mind of Aristotle. A man who will treat her well and respect her. A man who comes with a milkshake that brings a wine bottle. <laughs> that was good. I love it. So I'm good. a bit upset he didn't say the title of the poem, though. How What is it? Remember the title of the poem? A poem for Ellie. A poem for Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish he'd have said wine bottle to the yard. <laughs> well, you know, there we go. The so I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. Stayed on top. The delivery was, was very. I like, I'm, I'm a poet. I, like, I love I the like Parisian music in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I imagined we it in black and thank, white like an artsy French film. We want to thank uh, Rene and his fleur de lis for, 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 for the backing, <laughs> for the fleur de lis, for the, for the nice melodies in the background. Thank it, you very much. It was really good. I like it. And so, and then we have Danny from It's a Musical who, who joined in and, you know, uh, felt like he had to say something. There's some poets do that. They want to they say things. Justify yeah, their yeah. poetry. Now, it was very nice of Rene and the fleur de lis to, like, back off yeah. while he was doing the introduction. <laughs> oh, okay. But then they picked up once they, they, he sort of signals them so there oh, we go good, good, so, good. so here's the next one this is from danny from it's a musical podcast hello best film ever gang this is danny from i it's felt bad that you guys weren't there Pod. you <laughs> may know me as the reigning quiz champion Woo-hoo. they were all very confused in the cafe <laughs> on best film ever quiz night three quiz hard with a vengeance but today i'm gonna throw my hat in the ring to be the first ever Best film ever, Poetry Slam champion. It's not really a poem. (laughs) (laughs) Best of luck. We'll give it a go. And I I hope you enjoy this poem that was originally written for you, Georgia. And I think is now for the benefit of everyone out there. (laughs) (laughs) To drink milkshake or not to drink milkshake. That is the fucking question. <laughs> That's Whether it is nobler to drink wine and suffer the hangover of outrageous fortune upon a ferris wheel of troubles as you listen to the best film ever podcast. Hope you liked my poem. Good luck to uh, Dwayne Smith. And Ian, and may the best poem win. Ooh. It's a thing of beauty. I, I mean, like that one was aimed at me, so I have to that cheer was, for that one. I did, now, like that. I did notice a fair bit of liberty taken with the works of William Shakespeare. <laughs> I feel like but you also you did that, did you? And I went. <laughs> we're going to do that one. So, so I went up an improv, and thankfully Liam had been drinking enough that he swaggered on. You probably don't even remember that he'd been drinking so much. Oh, I didn't drink but he oh, came he on. The cafe, he, he? Came, he did. He came oh, okay. on. He was passed out. He set the sound levels. He, you know, he was keeping the, 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 the band levels. But, you know, 
And then he said, and he said one word. I really appreciated that one word. So, you know, uh, you. we managed to record. Well, I remember this. Well, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's you remember it. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's hope. So, uh, I, th- I thought if you're going to go ahead and steal one, you know, he went easy. He went ahead and nicked like some like to love poetry. Oh, to be or not to be. Sorry. No, he didn't. He did, yeah, he did, he did Hamlet. Hamlet. Apologies. So I went Hamlet's all right. But, you know, Hamlet is Danish. You know, Macbeth is from the UK. But you were in France. I know. <laughs> it didn't really play well sense. to anybody there, but here we go. It's a weird sense. In a film about, about Vienna, Austria, right? So yeah, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Because the challenge was you have to use the words wine bottle, Fucking. milkshake, and Fucking. there we go. So here we go. My, my submission. There would have been time for such a poem. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in this silly shake from time to time to the last syllable of this assembled rhyme and all our random words have lighted fools the way to a sticker's death out out brief milkshake this wine bottle is but a ferris wheel that struts and shakes its hour upon the palate and then is tasted no more it is a beverage poured by an idiot full of sugar and dairy signifying fucking I'm glad we recorded that. I wasn't expecting Liam to come on there, but it did, hey, it did fit perfectly. That, that was, was so brilliant. sensual, Liam. What was that? Was, was, <laughs> I'm so confused. So, what Remember when you? we covered movies? <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I got a bit dizzy there. Ethan, that was, that was sticker-worthy. Mate. That was. That so was. what we're going to do is we are going to put that up on the poll this week. Who won the BFE Poetry Slam? I'm not. Ethan. I'm not here to say. Ethan is not an option. Submission for me. It's one word rhetorical question. So a, a massive thank you to Dwayne Smith. Yeah, a thank massive you. thank you thank to Danny you from It's a Musical Podcast. I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, and again, something that just sort of happened. It wasn't something that we planned no. on, on occurring, so to speak. It just. But that's what happens on the BFE. That is what happens on the BFE. Apparently, we review films too. <laughs> yeah, I, I will save it today. Uh, last thing I'm doing because this is again, Ethan could totally save us in, in the next two seconds. It is BFE Fantasy Football Draft Night. Fantasy football. Ooh. Uh, Liam's wearing a borrowed Tom Brady jersey. He does have his own Tom Brady jersey at home, but forgot it. I do. Ellie's wearing a Denver Broncos, Denver Broncos. jersey. I am wearing a Randy Moss New England Patriots jersey from a long time ago. Uh, and Georgia forgot her Kyler Murray. I'm, I might go and get it in the Kyler break this time. fucking Murray. You might go get it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll see. I, I think it'll be pretty tight, but we'll, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll take a look. So here we go. We're going to save it. It's the four of us. Plus, we got Main Street Finance, the film of Ed from the Film Effect podcast. Uh, Alex is defending his crown, I should say. Defining Disney's back. Paul Griff from the Paul and Griff Show is joining us. The Effin' Nerds podcast. Cheap Seat Reviews, The Sip List, and Dude Loft Mountain. Ooh. 12 team league bring it whoop, whoop. Wow. speaking of bringing it why not bring us a review go ahead drop it on apple Podcasts. it helps spread the word of the bfe and that makes us happy and we produce stuff and if you like it then it's just win-win 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 you make us happy we don't go anywhere yeah we're not gonna put our rings on our fingers and disappear <laughs> so on that note we are now doing lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring uh georgia you can you briefly surmise again why you chose this film I chose this film because I'd never seen it and I know a lot of people that are like cult following of of this film and of the books and of the series in general and I'd just never seen it and I just thought like I probably should. I probably shouldn't have chosen it on the night that we were also doing the 
<laughs> draft as well, but all never right. mind. All right. Uh, interesting. I mean, I've seen it before. I probably saw I saw it in the cinema when it was out. I know that. Uh, I felt it was long then. Um, yeah. I, I know I owned it on DVD. Liam? Yeah, I saw it in the cinema too. And again, I felt it was long. <laughs> um, I have seen it on DVD once more since then, but that's yeah. it. That's it. And Ellie? Yeah, I've seen it before. I think I might have had it on VHS. Ooh, um, right. So I've seen it a few times. VHS, jeez. Cool. Oh, yeah, game. This film was directed by Peter Jackson, who, of course, also does the Hobbit trilogy. He does King Kong, and he's doing the Beatles Get Back documentary. It's going to be on. Uh, oh, cool. On Disney Plus. So Ooh. once that drops, I'm actually I really want to do something on that. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> a because it'll give us a see it or skip it, and also give us something we can drop on the talk in the Mickey feed, which yep. is always good from time to time. Uh, cinematography, which was excellent in this film. Was. by andrew lesney who did king kong the hobbit trilogy and we've actually done one of his films before already on the podcast Ooh. he did the cinematography for babe really yeah. oh my goodness <laughs> which it makes because it was shot in new zealand too wasn't it that's a step up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah music by howard shore who music did was great the music was great who did the departed the hobbit trilogy dogma oh that oh the kevin uh not yeah kevin smith one yep yep wow that, that thing you do oh which you, like that one, you can hear you? more about that on our yeah. tom hanks real round table yeah, yeah, yeah. and mrs doubtfire Okay, we got a long yeah. uh, context warning here. Let's go for it. Go for 1995, it. Jackson is writing, uh, sorry, his partner, Fran Walsh, were finishing The Frighteners and were hoping to do an original high fantasy film to keep their special effects company in business. There's an idea. Let's make a movie to keep the business about making special effects going. But it's good. Make, make your own right. demand. Why not? Good. Uh, Jackson's about planning a Lord of the Rings type of story, but whenever they started making one up, it was always so close that Tolkien's books they're like yeah it looks like we're ripping them off so the jackson started going well why isn't anybody else doing this then no one else has made a lord of the rings because you know they were doing like animations and things like that but just like most yeah. similar to comic book movies we just weren't there yet with technology how do you go ahead and shoot this and so he found out that at his request uh, his agent finds out the rights belong to a guy called saul zayens uh peter jackson was in a contact with miramax so it's going to be a bit of a tricky <laughs> we're going to mm-hmm. have to bring up the guy's name a few times okay it's going to have to happen so while he and his lawyer were unsure are we contractually you know, obligated to bring this to Miramax first. They said, we probably should do it. And so they called upon Harvey Weinstein and found out that he had recently uh, rescued the English patient. So the English patient was going to die, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, Harvey Weinstein's production company sort of saves it from dying. It wins Best Picture at the Oscars. It does, It yeah. sucks. Yeah. Uh, but who had the rights to that? Saul Zanes. So Zanes owes him a favor. So ah. he goes, I bet you we can get this. So um, he thought we could probably lose the leverage. Uh, Jackson thought it'll take several movies to adapt the books properly. You can't do this in one film. But he wanted the trilogy. One film based on The Hobbit. And then if that works, two films to do Lord of the Rings. Ah. Now, The Hobbit is a pretty short book. It is, yeah. <laughs> Despite yeah. the fact they later made a, a trilogy a tri- on it. Yeah, but I know. It's, it? it's one really small book. We, we read it when I was in primary school. So, you know, it's not that big of it. So I believe you could do that in one film. Yeah, I yeah. can't imagine doing Lord of the Rings in two, bo- in two films. No. Because when it was written, it was supposed to be a one-story thing. And they went, no, we can get three times the money. We're this gonna film this up. could have been two films. 
Yeah, the problem is, do you want six films of this? Well, why not? Well, yeah, we'll talk about that. So, uh, negotiations with Zaints uh, were elongated because Weinstein didn't want Zaints to produce the film. He just wanted the rights okay. and stay out of it. Um, but that didn't work out really that well. The Hobbit, uh, the production rights to The Hobbits were in United Artists' hands. So, that's the problem. Yeah, so Miramax has one. United Artists has one. So, that's the problem. United Artists has one. So, by April 96, Jackson reread The Hobbit and um, kind of started to produce some concept art around it. But uh, Harvey Weinstein thought maybe he should postpone it to a prequel, um, and that would be beneficial in that regard. Um, and so, uh, while Harvey Weinstein's trying to make up his mind on this, um, Peter Jackson goes, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make King Kong while you guys decide. I'm going to make King Kong. Oh, so is that long in the making? What, King Kong? No, 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 no. Um, Lord of the Rings. No, because King Kong comes out way later. Yeah, oh, I thought King okay. Kong was 2005. Yeah, King Kong comes out afterwards. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so uh, Harvey Weinstein was furious, but Jack, he said, no, no, I still plan on making Lord of the Rings. I'll just do it right afterwards. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was agreed that he said, hey, maybe Miramax and Universal can distribute both films. Maybe that could be a way to do it so that, you know, she's getting a little bit out of King Kong in the situation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which Harvey agreed once Universal said, okay, we can do it with Shakespeare in Love. Because Miramax releases Shakespeare in Love in the, in, in the U.S., if I remember correctly. Because that's how, yeah. who I remember releasing it. Uh, which, of course, it wins Best Picture as well. Uh, when Universal agreed, uh, sorry, don't Universal agreed, when Universal canceled King Kong in 1997, Jackson and Walton immediately received support to go back to sorting out the rights for uh, Lord of the Rings. Let's mm-hmm. go back into that. Um, and as soon as that happened, uh, the idea was, Jeff Peter Jackson says, I'm going to make it as a two-film thing. That's still going to be the deal. Two films, Lord of the Rings. Um, but Miramax said, do it as one. <laughs> Can you oh imagine? God. Now, you have to cut out a bunch of stuff. You're not just shooting a nine-hour film. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But by the time that they'd got to the end of reading the book again, it was clear you had to do two films. You couldn't do as one. So while writing the treatment, Jackson started thinking, what if I did three films no absolutely not no three films two films and so they presented it to harvey and bob weinstein and the big deal was you had to impress bob and they agreed upon a total budget of 75 million dollars for the two films what yeah i think not and then there were early discussions going we need to americanize this Oh, and no. they talked about like a heavy American centric sort of cast. Uh, I'll say who some of the names were uh, later. I will say that according to the research I did, uh, Harvey dissuaded uh, Peter Jackson from considering Mira Sorvino and Ashley Judd, who had oh, okay. previously had who Harvey had harassed previously. Yes. yes and he yes. sort of had hmm. to talk. Don't no, no, don't don't go near them. So, you know, like some. Yeah. It's not just the idea about what he did, but then also derailing the careers afterwards. Could you imagine? No. I can't. Wow. That's the thing. Uh, well, imagine what their careers would have been if if I hadn't been for him steering it in a different direction. Yeah, because yeah, those are two names you really, you really don't hear about. No, After, no around, around, around this time, <coughs> yeah. around 2000, they kind of disappear a little bit. Yeah. Well, a whole bunch. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, during mid-97, um, they start writing it up. Uh, it took 13 to 14 months to write the two film scripts uh, with uh, Stephen Sinclair and Philippa Boyens, who are the ones doing the writing. Uh, the two film scripts were 147 and 144 pages, respectfully. Now, in filmmaking, a page is a minute. Mm-hmm. So about two and 45 and two and 44. So about the length of what we saw today. Yeah. But that covered more ground. Mm-hmm. Literally, I suppose, in the sense <laughs> that they're going for a walk. 
Um, and so there were lots of differences in this version of the script. Uh, Gimli swore more and has several vulgarities. And the second script involved a sex scene between Aragorn and Arwen. In the <laughs> I don't remember that. In which Legolas and Gim- Gimli are like sightseeing the caves, <laughs> <laughs> like stumble upon them. You know what? This film, I hate to be, this film, it would have changed the tone, but this film maybe could have used this. Yeah. It maybe could have. <laughs> this film feels very monochrome. Not just not that color, yeah, but yeah, yeah, like yeah. in the sense of it's just a lot of the same. It, it feels it is, it is, it is. Uh, when writing the scripts, they thought of a hundred and ten day schedule, and we'll do both films. That would have been the way it worked. Uh, Miramax said we need to save some money. Could you kill one of the hobbits? <laughs> <laughs> what? So I'm guessing either Pippin, not you, not you, <laughs> or, or 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 Mary. Yeah, yeah she can't yeah. do Sam. No, no, Definitely no. Imagine if they had the boys be like, do Frodo. Frodo. <laughs> that would have made it a much shorter film. So they sent producers overseas to see work going on in New Zealand. Uh, eventually, uh, Marty Katz arrived in New Zealand, and after spending four months, he told Miramax it's going to cost at least $150 million. At which at point, least. Miramax says, we can't swing $150 million. Now, they're owned by Disney, so they go to Disney to kind of go, what can we do? Can we, make, can we get some more money to help with this? Michael Eisner says, no. <laughs> Straight because oh, no. he was he was in a a, a, a a culture at that time of let's cut costs yeah, and then yeah. you don't need miramax saying can we have 85 million dollars please yeah that's not really going to work so bob weinstein then commissioned someone else uh jack lechner to create a one film version of the story and lechner went it's just too dense like if he did this half the story would just not be told so you can't do anything so um basically what happens is they fall out. It cannot work really under Miramax. Um, Harvey basically suggests if you can't do it in one film, we're going to fire you to Wines, uh, wow. so to to, uh, to Jackson. Jackson yeah. And he says, "Look, we've got." And he named a couple of different names. He is uh, John Madden could direct it, and then later suggested Quentin Tarantino was up for it. Could you imagine? That's a very you different imagine, version. Can you imagine what that final scene looks like with yeah. Boromir if you got Quentin Tarantino doing it? <laughs> oh, I want to oh. see that now. Actually, I do want. Uh, wait till we get to the casting. Oh, which character would Sam Jackson be? Which character? Would, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he'd probably be the guy who runs the uh, who who does the fellowship meeting. Elrond, whatever yeah, his name is, he'd be yeah. that guy. No, I just want him as Frodo. The ring can't stay here. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, this would be totally a film of Tarantino's thing since no one wears shoes. Yeah, it was except for it's all boys not wearing the shoes, isn't it? Yeah. So. Um, Peter Jackson says, "Look, fine. You want to you want to replace me? Great. You can't use any of our scripts or any of the ideas from any of our scripts. You can use the source material, but anything that we came up with as like a workaround, you can't have that." And they went, "Well, we can't we can't do that that that, that at all." And so basically, they try to make things work where someone else can can sort of make the film, and we get five percent of the revenue. Okay. So Miramax does okay. They do, yeah. don't they? So Miramax gets 2.5, Disney gets 2.5, and then everybody else sort of gets the rest. And so he peddles it to the to uh, New Line CEO Robert Shea, because uh, he was uh, a fan of the books, enthusiastic about the project. But Jackson sort of faked him out by saying, oh, I'm talking to other studios, and no one else is interested. Like, they put it out there, and no one else is interested. But he sort of just says, I got a buyer on the other line, and then just to sort of make things better for him, and ends up getting you know, kind of what he though. wants. But they still want to do two movies at New Line. Oh, okay. And they look at like a rough 35-minute making of this, and they go, well, that's 
not bad so far what you got and then uh which ties in nicely to his next point to the podcast i'm doing with alex macy finance on his podcast sometimes in order to help secure money you sell the international distribution rights first Oh, okay. And so they do this. And so they say, look, we'll, we'll hit the American market, but you can have Asia and you can have, and people buy for the rights to do that. So yeah. you kind of like break off pieces of it. Yeah, yeah. And by doing that, they pretty much raise all the money for the $165 million budget. Oh. And so that works. And so at this point they go, why would moviegoers pay $18 as in two tickets, $9 each mm-hmm. to see this story when they could pay 27, <laughs> meaning not one movie, yeah, not yeah, two yeah. movies, but three, three movies. Yeah. And so that takes place, and that's where we get everybody lined up, and New Line makes the film. Filming took place in New Zealand, if you hadn't heard, across various really? locations. It did. <laughs> this has never affected my life in any way. Uh, all, three, <laughs> all three films are shot back to back to back. Oh, that's good, yeah. One long shoot. I was going to say. Good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good Ouch, call. though. Pardon me? So is, Ouch, though. How long did that take? About a year? Uh, yeah, about of 274 days, which I'll, I'll say this much. You got three movies out of it. Yeah, not yeah. That's going. not too bad at all. Uh, it's uh, exactly the same time as the principal photography. I'm not making this up. The exact same amount of days it took for the principal photography of Apocalypse Now. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> that thing. There's there's a whole documentary about how Apocalypse Now balloons out of control. Oh, yeah. way out of control. Yeah. I'm never watching that movie again. The original. It's on the poster. The original <laughs> cut. We'll watch the, we watched the extended version did, on that we one. We did. We did. Uh, the original cut ran four hours and 30 minutes. Wow. Of, and if you get the extended cut, it's almost four hours. Which yeah, it's like 352. So this is a good time for everybody to know that we watched the theatrical release. We did not watch the extended we cut. We did? Yes. Okay, Ethan watched the extended cut. We watched the theatrical <laughs> release. In general, but I made sure I watched the normal one. Okay, in general on the BFE, yeah. unless I said otherwise, we tend to always do the theatrical release. Yeah, yeah. Unless I watched the wrong one, by yeah. mistake. Uh, <laughs> it is estimated that the film into the trilogy pumped $200 million into New Zealand, and the government even created, I am not making this up, a minister for the Lord of the Rings, whose <laughs> remit no. it was to exploit all the economic opportunities the movies represented. Of course, again. And over 1,800 Hobbit feet were made for production. <laughs> wow. And the last thing I want to say is that Christian symbolism is all over this movie. It was in the books. It's yeah, course, very much carried over from the films. Because C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien are like really good friends, actually. They were really good friends. Which is yeah. really wild. And this whole yeah. thing is kind of a significant Christian allegory. And they used to bounce off each other quite a lot. Bounce ideas. ideas, ideas yeah, yeah. And, stuff. and yeah. so this is the part where I'm going to go, when I was watching, because I, Nar- I wasn't a Lord of the Rings guy. I was, I was a Narnia kid, big time. Oh, and I like Narnia. When, when Narnia came out, the films, I wanted this. I wanted three-hour epic Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and yeah. I got something very different. And we I was don't like, talk about oh, those films. No, no. There's there's moments of magic in it, like the casting of uh, James McAvoy as Mister Tumnus is oh, sublime. The little girl, great. Too. The little girl Lucy. The casting. I can't blame the she casting at all. It's really well done. It's like I wish they just had the nerve to like tell the three hour version of the story. Mm. And. How do you how do you get rid of the narrator's voice in a C.S. Lewis book? It's really really important. Not as important in a in a Tolkien book, I believe. Yeah. So I think it's part of why this works. So uh, here we go. Uh, just as a quick opening, before filming began on October eleventh, ninety nine, the principal actors trained for six weeks in sword fighting with Bob Anderson, and I went, I think I've heard that name before. Bob Anderson is the same guy who trained the sword fighting in The Princess Bride. As you say, ah. I know I know that name. Yeah. So, Mr. Uh, Anderson. Yeah, so riding and boating. Jackson hoped by getting them on these activities, it would let the cast bond and we get them used to life in Wellington. 
New Zealand. Hey. Exciting life now, in Wellington. So I've just got this picture of them going around in little welly boots. Yeah. <laughs> With all feet. Now, I'm going to say this is kind of an overarching theme. Will there be points where the movie is different than the book? You bet. Am I going to sit here and tell you all of them? Not no. a chance. We would be here for... We, we could, it would just take forever and it wouldn't be that enjoyable. No. So we're going to mm. review what we're shown. The film. Now, Ethan is here, kind of as our Lord of the Rings Hi. super fanboy, which he also sort of provides the same experience when we do Star Wars and some other fandom related kind of items. Uh, and I tell the New Zealand story too. And he's, he's, oh my God. He's our yeah. local Kiwi as well. Yeah. So there yeah. we go. I mean, we haven't done a, a, a films filmed explicitly, obviously, in Canada yet. Mm. Wait, wait for that. We'll have to do Juno or, or Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> Juno one day. is great. Juno is great. So we Scott did cool Pilgrim runnings on uh, talking to Mickey. Oh, I'm talking, talking to Mickey. I mean, this is the big show here. <laughs> <laughs> the big show. Well, well, it's the big show. Anyway, uh, so, studio identification and prologue, and we hear. Um, oh, who is this? Who says this? Is this Kate Blanchett? Yeah, I think Kate so, Blanchett yeah. as, as Galadriel or whatever. Who says? I feel in the air. I feel in the earth. I feel it in my fingers. <laughs> I feel it in my toes. Hang on to that. <laughs> um, and then we get told about the great rings, but there was a master ring made of all these. I at least appreciate the fact they explained how many of the other rings. So I was like, yeah, what is yeah. this? Uh, one ring to rule them all. And originally this was supposed to be Gandalf and it didn't work. And they went, let's have Frodo do it. Didn't work. Oh, okay. And then they went, I'll have Galadriel do it. Cause she sort of looks over everything. That's kind mm-hmm. of her role. And they went, yeah, okay, cool. Totally works. I think she's good in this. She I thought she was a good, good. voice for this. And the, the score is fantastic. Is she the one that comes out of the woods? Yes. Yeah. That, is Near that, the end of the film. Yeah, the yeah. same the same lady that plays Hella in Thor Ragnarok. Is that Kate Blanchett? Yeah. 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 Is that Kate Blanchett? Yeah. Because they look completely yeah. different. Okay. Yeah, it is. Good job. I, I missed that one. I did. So, uh, we get the men and the elves versus Mount Mordor for the Mordor. freedom of middle... You have to say Mordor. Mordor. No matter what your accent Mordor. is, you have, Mordor. Mordor. Sco- you have to turn Scottish <laughs> when you say Mordor. Mordor. As if it's got like GH on the end of it. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah. I'm here a, a troll and I'm here to get Mordor. <laughs> 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 and we learned aim for the hand and you can cut off the hand, you can cut off the ring and it establishes Sauron as the ultimate big bad even in defeat. Uh, which is very, I mean, modern stories have sort of gone down this road. The great villain who you think you've defeated, he's still out there. He's yeah, coming yeah. back, whether it's the Daleks on Doctor Who. Voldemort. Check out who do you think Voldemort. There's a lot, there's a mm-hmm. lot of Voldemort mm-hmm. in this film. Yeah. And she's borrowed a lot, I think you can see from, mm-hmm. from, from this story here, uh, in that regard. Uh, and so Gollum finds the ring, and then Bilbo finds the ring. We kind of get the idea of the story of the legacy of the ring. I'm not going to lie. I thought Gollum was a much bigger deal than he was in this film. Gollum he doesn't start until... The film, too, the is films. Gollum's yeah. film. Oh, okay. It's yeah. so yeah. good. And when we get to the... I mean, I'll talk about it probably at some point. I forgot how much Gollum adds to the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, when Bilbo finds the ring at the start of the film, though, Gollum cries out, my precious. But Andy Serkis wasn't on set that day. Ooh. So Dominic Monaghan filled in for him. Did he? Dominic Monaghan, who Pippen. plays Mary. Mary. Oh. Yeah. Ah. I believe he's Mary. I think Pippin's the other one, yeah. I believe. I just know the dude from Lost. Every time you say it. Yeah. So uh, the score... Someone said the sound of like Titanic a lot. Yeah, I did. This score is incredible. James Horner did the score for Titanic. James Horner turned down the chance to do the score wow. for this film. So, I'm, I'm glad. The number of people who turn this film down is insane. I bet they're kicking their heels now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the musical score for Lord of the Rings was done by Howard Shore. Perfectly cast? I think absolutely. Their first yeah. choice? 
not even remotely so let's meet frodo played by elijah wood uh he was the the one of the the very first actor to be cast on july 7th 99 he was a fan of the book and sent an audition dressed as frodo there's a rumor and i think uh, that he was like originally kind of like no you can't you're not the right call because he was american yeah yeah. and he flew over at his own expense i believe and auditioned in person to show he could pull off the accent isn't it great they did Oh, call your shot. Talk, talk, yeah. I don't want to ruin the end of the film, but, you know, has Elijah Wood been, been important in anything since? Not really. So, like, no. he, you know, this is the right, cause, especially because that he's small. So the childhood mm. rules he can do. Really short, but then when it? you get to, to, like, these sorts of, like, what can you do with this? Not much. Yeah. Not much I at all. I have told you that he was an American actor either. No, he does a really good job with this. Yeah. Uh, he was, in he was selected from 150 actors who auditioned. One who we know who, yeah, he was Back to the Future too. He was. Yeah. One of the ones who uh, went for this unsuccessfully was Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, really? So there we go. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal mm-hmm. is the answer to almost every who almost got this part. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was there. And has a, he's never really broken through as like a as like a legit A-lister. No. Like the chances he's got. What was that geography movie where everything goes cold? Wasn't he in Spider-Man? Day After Tomorrow? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I hate that film. He was in Spider-Man the, as the, the villain. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As the villain, yeah. but like, Which is funny because he was almost Spider-Man. He was almost Spider-Man. Yeah. He, was, yeah, so you think he came the in second guy. to Tobey Toby Maguire. He's the almost guy. Yeah. So who's the Jake Gyllenhaal of this film? In this case, it's Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward, we can talk about who's the Jake Gyllenhaal of this movie. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Elijah Wood is 5'6", by the way. Yeah, that's not very tall. No, it's not. <laughs> Just taller than me. Yeah, so... Um, uh, Fellows of the Ring makes uh, extensive use of digital practical and makeup special effects. One notable illusion, we should talk about it here, is that you have to shoot the scene in a proper setting to in, at scale to make sure the characters appear at the correct height. So Elijah Wood is five foot six inches. There we go. There we go. <laughs> but his character Frodo Baggins is barely four feet. And so a bunch of techniques are used to deposit them and Gimli the dwarf as being small. Um, Cinematography is so good for that. Yeah, and thankfully, the difference in height between the guy who plays Gimli and the, and the Hobbits is right. So you can shoot them together if you got the backgrounds right. Yeah. yeah. Whereas other characters, you'd have to do some trickery when you shot them versus others. Yeah, the bit in the Hobbit house is just amazing. It, it, it's fantastic. It? So, so impressive. Um, large and small scale doubles were used in certain scenes. We'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to it. Uh, but even the simple use of kneeling down turned out to be an effective method of creating the illusion, which apparently well, stunned are. the filmmakers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> at no point did they have them kneel. They're like building extra stuff. It's like could just kneel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that might work. Take that from stage to stage shows yeah. is what they do. Yeah, stage shows. If you want to look at like uh, when they Shrek. do Shrek the musical yeah, yeah, and they do Farquaad. Feet on their knees. Yeah. Feet on their knees. And it works. Now, it really that's, a, that's a comedy. But if, if you don't draw people's attention to it, you won't necessarily yeah. get the laugh. That's okay. Mm-hmm. So we meet very early Gandalf the Grey, played by Ian McKellen. Was he always the first choice? No, it's a list. Oh, is it? The Whoa. first list was Bond, James Bond. Really? Which one? Sean Connery. Sean Connery was the first choice. There's lots of Sean's in this film. Turned it down. They figure he's lost hundreds of millions of dollars by not saying yes to this. Yeah, I could have seen him more as Saruman. Because they were offering him points. Oh, okay. No, I mean, at this point... Connery at one point still like he's he wins sexiest man alive when he's plus he's he's a huge name yeah he is yeah. and despite the fact we we see the cast now and we think oh my god everybody's so huge at this time thing is Ian he, McKellen's not huge yet no no he's no he's more theater at this point he's, he's definitely more he's doing some X-Men and he's starting to build his sort of rep but he's not yeah, he's yeah. not what Ian McKellen would become no on that note, uh, where do you find Ian McKellen? Look about three feet to the left. Who else do you see? Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart says no to this. <laughs> wow. He disliked the script. 
Sean Connery didn't understand the plot. <laughs> he didn't understand anything. I think he's lost no. the plot. Francis McGowan. Sorry, Patrick McGowan was offered the oh, role. Oh, Patrick McGowan, yeah. Patrick McGowan. We've done a Patrick McGowan film. Ooh. He was Longshanks in Braveheart. Oh, he was. He was the villain. He was. Yeah, so him as Gandalf. He starts being small. But then again, it doesn't matter in this film. Yeah, yeah. We can do whatever we need to do. Uh, also, Christopher Plummer turns down the film. Wow. Ooh. Check out is our he, Knives Out knives episode. Out guy, yeah, 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 yeah. Check yeah. out the music guy. Of course it is, yeah. yeah. Uh, Are you going to say Richard Harris at some point? No, I'm going to say Sam Neill, though. Oh, really? Yeah. What? Nah, nah, he he's, too, he's too young. He that couldn't do it because of a scheduling conflict with Jurassic Park 3. Oh, I bet he was. He had the main guy in Jurassic Park. Yeah. yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah he's way ta- too young. I'll tell you what, he, uh, I believe he can do everything. This would have been an interesting choice. Harvey Weinstein, I said he wanted to Americanize it. Yeah, go on. Morgan Freeman. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, he'd been good. So that, that line about how a wizard's never late, I could hear that in... But then I can hear everything through. I can hear everything through I, Morgan Freeman. All I can hear right now is that visas everywhere I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> all I hear is that that was the year. So there was... very similar to when he plays God in the thing yeah, in movies. Yeah, and there was some crazy overlap. Uh, so... Uh, sorry, let me phrase that. McKellen had to sort of schedule finally because he's, he's doing X-Men at the same time. And there was a two-month overlap. They managed to get it to work. He says he enjoyed playing Gandalf the Grey more than his transformed state, spoiler, in the future movies. I would say in this regard, when I first watched it, I didn't get it. I love Gandalf the Grey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I right in thinking Gandalf the White is a bit of an asshole? <sighs> he's not as... Gandalf the Grey is kind of flawed and kind of funny. Yeah. Gandalf the White's a little... Pretentious. Pretentious. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, McKellen actually didn't spend much time with the actors playing the Hobbits because of all the forced perspective you had to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You actually would never put them side by side because <laughs> the shots don't work because it would just reveal how close in height they really were. Yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. that tall, is he, Ian McKellen? He's tall. Is he tall? He's all right. Is that 5'9", 5'10"? I've is, met the is guy. Is he only that tall? I, I would put say, him I around. I thought he was quite I thought tall. 5'11", like something like that. Liam, you've met him. Is he like I, have, six? He, I, I want to think he's six feet. Uh, he's tall. Yeah. He's tall. He's taller than me. There we he, go. He had a firm handshake. You know what? Five ten, five nine. Yeah, five yeah. nine. Yeah, and he had a firm handshake. Well, that that's got to do with height. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> no. one point eight meters. Okay, what's that in uh, feet and inches? Know. Let's find out. One point eight is not six feet because I'm okay. I'm about one point. It is six. Oh, was it six feet? There we go. Right. Who said about six feet? I think that was me. There we go. So five eleven. I've got. Well, there we go. That's me. I'm five eleven. Some days six feet. Another. I'll take that. Uh, I could be a wizard. I've just learned, and not like you're a wizard, Harry, but like a proper wizard. There is a chart that that does that, and I will find it because I think I'm a. I think I'm a hobbit. Yeah. So Ian McKellen hadn't read the books when he was first approached to play Gandalf, and he was won over by Peter Jackson's enthusiasm for making the film. I think he can be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Gandalf is late, which we're told by Frodo. And he says, Wizard, Liam, you can learn this. Uh, Wizards are never late, (laughs) nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to, but then he looks at Frodo and he laughs. And you gotta, See, yeah, yeah, I arrive late. what I mean to. So <laughs> I'm never late, I'm never early. Uh, Frodo thinks that Bilbo is up to something, and Frodo thinks that before Bag, uh, Gandalf came along, the Baggins' name was good, no adventures, and some reference to the dragon. And there'd be a lot of references in the early part of this movie to uh, The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I understand so. You needed to, though. Yeah. I mean, Bilbo Baggins, played by Ian Holm, who has a sign outside saying, no admittance except on party business, which <laughs> usually would mean, like, political party, oh, but in okay. this case means I'm having a party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's 111 years old and hasn't aged a day. And then we go to, we, we get introduced to a set of Bag End, which is uh, Bilbo slash Frodo's home. Am I right on that, Ethan? 
Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's two sets were built. So there's a set for when the hobbits are in it and a set for when Gandalf's in it. That's so cool. everything down to the books had to be made smaller wow. in order to make it look appropriate when Gandalf's in the room. And not once did I look at that and go, they're two different sets. You, you wouldn't think, especially when, the, when they would do like the, the, the overlap. Yeah, so think yeah. about how precise these measurements had to be yeah, yeah. in order to give you that perspective. Because there's times when Ian Holm is opposite, acting opposite Ian McKellen. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it looks like you notice they don't cross each other no, on like no, no. the on like the um, sort of x axes or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you keep them sort of one's always in the foreground, one's always in the background. But yeah, not for a there's, moment am I thinking this. There's a point where uh, Bilbo takes Gandalf's like hat and stuff, and I've seen like the behind. I don't it's know still, how they do this. It that was blows amazing. my mind. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the scene with Frodo and Gandalf in the car. I, I get it's it's like a it's a it's a camera with like several different movements to make it do that but i i've i've got no idea for this yeah i i did watch that bit in the scene and that did look a little bit digitally between handover yeah um which you can understand but for 2000 what is it 2001 yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. take that yeah 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 back for good <laughs> uh, gandalf hits his head uh as as he's going through i don't know if you noticed that at one point yeah, he hits he his did. head that was not in the script <laughs> so he acts it kind of goes oh and you know and you think it's it's been scripted and yeah. so it was chosen to leave in it's one of those things where he goes that was so good how can you not yeah and the fact that he's a professional and goes it's, it, you know what it is he's a stage actor he yep. is and mm-hmm. goes you don't get you don't, to, get, separate you don't, you don't get a second take keep no. going yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic uh, and you hear ian mckellen really i think he appreciates i think he loves playing gandalf but he really struggles with this method of filmmaking very famously he breaks down on the set of the hobbit trilogy oh does he when he's acting opposite like you know on a green screen some you know blue ball on his hand or something like that oh, says, okay. this is not what filmmaking supposed to be yeah, filmmaking yeah. supposed to be and acting is you know acting playing off of someone yeah. right yeah, it is yeah, yeah. Um, so we go through that. Uh, Bilbo has his maps out and is clearly looking for something. We get a lot of sort of talking around issues. I'll say, you plan to go through your plan? Well, yes, I do plan to go through my plan. <laughs> Are we going to say what the plan is? No? Okay. He says, Frodo suspects something. And Bilbo says he wants a holiday that he won't return from. And then we cut to the party and we meet um, Samwise Gamgee, who by the time this trilogy is over, will probably be my, my favorite character of the I whole like, thing. I like Samwise. Yeah. He's not yet, but he's not supposed to be yet, so I'm no, okay no, with no. this. There's bigger personalities. I'm supposed to overlook Sam. When I first watched this, I thought they were going to sacrifice him. <laughs> like he was going to be the one... Not, not oh, you mean... Like, yeah, yeah, in the film world. Like, what, what, what kind of party's this? <laughs> no, no. You know when you always have a have someone who get the token guy that gets killed? Yeah, or, he's or the taken. guy who you, who you feel close I, to, so that I when he dies, like, yeah, you yeah, go, yeah. oh! I felt like they were going to do that. Oh, I love they so made much. a big thing about being partners, and he must look out for him, and he must do that. Now, Sean Astin, we know from the Goonies. I know him from Rudy. So I talked about Rudy a lot. We did our best sports films ever. Goonies is great. Um, I don't like the Goonies. Yeah, but did you watch it as a kid? <sighs> don't. We've had this conversation before on yeah, the pod. You yeah, you need to watch it as a child. I think I watched it child. I think I was like 10 or 11. Oh, okay. So how old? If I was six, I probably would have loved yeah, the Goonies. Yeah, yeah, when I'm 11, I might be a little bit on the other side of it, maybe. Yeah. See, Goonies makes sense because Sean Astin's a main character in Stranger Things as well. So they, they really ham on the 80s nostalgia with him. They get him and they get Winona Ryder, who, of course, is famous yeah. for Beetlejuice. And so that makes it, and especially because it's all about the afterlife and things like that. I know Sean Astin from uh, the Tin Can Brothers uh, Way, Wayward Guide to uh, the podcast one. Yes, he oh, is yeah, in that. He's he's in in that. that. Yeah. And then we also meet Pippi 
as a Pippin and Mary Pippin is played by Billy Boyd I want to say and yeah. Mary is played by Dominic Monaghan who is from Lost and who I just I went it's Charlie uh, I, I recognize him from um, Hetty Wainthrop or something that was called a BBC drama okay well, when I first moved over here I couldn't separate these two from Ant and Deck <laughs> I thought it was the same guys. I'm like, hey, it's the two guys. Man, the, they got the hobbits doing like X Fact. That's cool. What? That <laughs> they is look funny. nothing alike. That is funny. They have that energy. They're short though. British guys with like bantery, fun energy. I think they're totally alike. Yeah, joking, right? Because <laughs> I got an issue. None of the characters in this film look like they look in real life. No, they don't. Um, Bilbo. Oh, sorry. Uh, so. Uh, Monaghan went for Frodo and didn't get it and wouldn't have been right as Frodo. I like Dominic Monaghan a lot. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have been right as Frodo. Uh, they set off the dragon firework, and when they set it off, there's a shriek you can hear, and it's Billy Boyd who plays Pippin actually reacting because he didn't think they were going <laughs> to actually explode it on set. <laughs> he thought that was going to be different. Uh, so the, the shriek was not scripted, but again, they went, yeah, put that in. Keep it in. Uh, Bilbo is a bad public speaker. He makes one bad joke, and he's like, get me off the stage. Yeah, really. <laughs> I thought his joke was pretty good. I think they just needed to drink more, I think. And that would have been, I liked it a lot. And then we get this, he puts the ring on, disappears, and we get this follow shot, which is weird to call something a follow shot when we're not actually seeing anything. <laughs> it's yeah. cool, though. It is. He returns to his house and takes it off. And then Gandalf is there and chastises Bilbo. I have a question. Yes. Why wasn't Sauron invisible when he had the ring on? Power. I don't know the answer to that. Ethan, do you know, you said power? Yeah, it was just, it was crafted from, like, his stuff, because the, the reason it goes invisible, and it goes later on, is the Nazgul's use that to try and find them, because it transports them to the the world, the land of the dead, or whatever, yeah. like, where, where the Nazgul's king souls are, so it's just an easy locator. My thought would be, because you can't see Sauron, because he's dead. You can't yeah. see the wearer, because it puts him in the same state. I mean, this is very, um... this is very... Harry and Voldemort can talk to each other with a scar on his forehead, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, my, my other question then, if he's got the ring on, when you've got the ring on, you can see the dead people, right? And they can yeah. see you. Yes. So why is he not? Is he confronted by them every time you put that ring on? Uh, they, every time the ring goes place. on, it's, it like calls out to them. Because, yeah, but I mean, like when um, Frodo put it on, he's there with them and they're looking at him and they're yeah. seeing him. We never, and, get, and we never get to see through Bilbo's you know, perspectives. Does we Bilbo don't know. See that we don't know. He didn't seem too affected by it when he got back. Maybe he's used to it. Maybe. I don't I know. I think it's because they don't know where exactly it is, but the second, like, they need to be in the location. Because Gollum's like, Bag End or oh, whatever. That's true. Then, he, he does give yeah. up Baggins and Shire. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I got um, really confused for a minute then because I got Sauron and Saruman confused. It's, it's really like, good. I'll give you that. Like, put the, on the, the ring. There are other, there are other like consonants he could have used. I totally yeah, agree yeah. with you. Uh, Bilbo doesn't want to leave the ring behind, but he's cool with leaving Frodo behind, uh, which shows the power of the ring. He says, my precious, and then Bilbo turns on Gandalf, thinking Gandalf wants it for himself. And he says, I'm not trying to rob you. I'm trying to help you. I love that scene. Trust I, me as you so once lovely. did. Let it go. I liked how it all went dark, like... Like he was about to do yeah. something, unleash something. And then he comes with, it's not about fear. It's yeah. about me trying to be your friend. It was great. What I liked here was seeing how everybody, every character in a sense, has a key moment where they um, sort of are confronted with the chance of what would happen if they had the ring. And it sort yeah. of gives you the idea of who they are as people, mm-hmm. as characters. <laughs> um, he says and then Bilbo tries to leave he goes thanks a lot Gandalf appreciate that you sure set me straight and yeah. he goes the ring's still in your pocket a deception. And we get this Dutch shot of Bilbo where like he's he's completely and this idea the ring is corrupting you mm-hmm. 
um, and he drops the ring on the floor, and the ring just doesn't bounce. No. It just lands flat. Heavy, doesn't it? Heavy. Um, he says goodbye to Gandalf for the last time. Sean Astin said in the DVD commentary, the floor was magnetized. Ah. so that it wouldn't bounce to show the weight and the heaviness of the ring. That's great. Uh, Afterwards, Gandalf just looks at it and he knows don't touch it. Fair play to Gandalf, who knows he, himself. He did, he did mm. try, didn't he? He, he gets down there and he's, and he's like, scared Whoa. by it, yeah, 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 yeah. and he leaves it. Because like you said, he'd unleash something, because he's quite powerful, isn't yeah. he? So getting hold of that ring would be a, a bad thing. Which we it? see even some of the more powerful characters are going to have that moment, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Frodo comes back to the house, he knows that Bilbo's gone, uh, and he's inherited everything uh, that, Gandalf, uh, that, that Bilbo had, and so Gandalf leaves. And there's some cool cross-cutting between a searcher and Gandalf doing research in a room. Made research seem pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I've done a lot of research for a lot of papers. It's never once felt that energetic. Nice. Uh, <laughs> the searcher's trying to chase Bilbo down. I guess I probably mean Frodo down. Uh, and then Gandalf comes back, and you think it's one of the searchers in the house? And it's Gandalf in the house going. I like it. Is it it's secret? A secret. Is it safe? And he's like, it's like a close up, and it's low angle, but that the lighting's made to make him look like weathered. And, and he's so disheveled with his. Oh, so well done. And so, because uh, he's done some research, and says Throw, he throws the envelope in the fire, it reveals red writing. And what does the ring say? And I've got Q Ethan here, so I'm hoping you can help me. One yeah. ring to rule them all. One ring to find the. Uh, was it? No, one ring to rule them all, one ring to bind them, one r- ring to bring them all, and in the darkness, find them. Uh, Ellie's shaking her head. Do you want to give us a second option? One ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, and in the darkness, bite them. It's not yeah. bite. It's, a, it's bind, isn't it? Bind. I got bind sure and find. I'm sure up. it's bind. Yeah. That sounds more plausible. Otherwise, the ring's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> bite is Wrong like Pippin. an aggression, isn't I it? I think it's bind. I think if we look, yeah. see if we can find another okay. version of it, but well, I'm, I'm certain it's I, bind. I always get find and bind mixed up. There we go. Uh, so we go there. Uh, and so Sauron has returned in the ring. This is right, my first he who shall not be named kind of, you know, the, the, the dark brotherhood bringing him back. Georgia. One ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, and in the darkness, bind them. Bind, it is bind, bind. so. There's a mistake, think Well, maybe more the, the, the article she found. The article yes. that she I found. I didn't find an article, I wrote it down as I heard it. Oh, okay, so, uh, so, that, so that it is you. <laughs> <laughs> you have earned, you've earned the button. I never he's, said I didn't make a mistake. He's trying to get it You're reading well. off a phone, I didn't know you had notes. I, okay. Yes, of course I've got notes. I don't know. Uh, Frodo, then then uh, wants to hide the ring since no one knows where he is. He goes, let's just hide it, which is not a bad idea. Just di- dig it in a hole yeah, somewhere. Yeah, but I'll just eat and away. It, and- well, this is where he goes, someone does know. Mm. Gollum. Gollum was tortured, and we get the, the, the cut to it where he goes, Shire, Baggins is... Oh, this movie was so much more interesting when Gollum was on, was like being referenced or was on the screen or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know the appeal is that then in movie two, this is like the, the, the dark, Batman Begins in a, in a Dark Knight. Dark Knight yeah. When you get to the Joker, let's do some hints. When we get to the Joker, it's his movie. Get ready yeah. for this. It does tease but him pretty well, especially it, later on. It does. It does. Yeah. You just need that a more. glorious stuff is great. I think you need a more of a story around it. I do like that when you do see him, you just see a hand or you see an eye. Oh, you, or you see, see eyes. Him. You don't see all of him. No, we're no. we're going to make you pay a second time for that. Yeah. Clever. Yeah. If a film wasn't desperately needing him. Yeah, true. And I think this maybe was. Uh, I don't think so. It's like okay. case, this film. Um, Gollum was tortured. Uh, we find this out. Gandalf still afraid to touch the ring. The ring must leave the Shire, and he wants to meet at the inn of the Prancing Pony. I just want to go to the Prancing Pony. Mm. I like the idea of that. I want to go yeah. to the village of Bree. 
Delicious free. Full of cheese. That sounds too cheesy to me. Uh, Gandalf, Gandalf's going to confer with the head of his order because he is wise. All the dramatic irony. He is wise and he is this. And we're going, oh, you've seen it more yeah. than once. You're like, oh, you're very wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a noise and it's Samwise Gamgee cutting the grass. But he's the <laughs> I love this bit. I love how you just pull him up and just in the dark. Through. I ain't been dropping a weave, sir. He said, "Did you hear anything?" No, I, okay, he didn't hear anything. No, I didn't hear nothing. Just a fair deal about some ring and a dark lord. <laughs> <laughs> this film is surprisingly <laughs> funny. Oh, it's great. It yeah, I forgot how how much humor there is in this film. Shot, but time to get to the third one. Sean Astin, I believe, deserved an Oscar for a supporting actor role in that one. Sean Astin mm. is so good in number three. We're just warming up. That's all we're doing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. introducing the There's characters. There's a lot of characters we got to be introduced to, yeah. and some of whom we got backstories we got to know. Mm. Um, Gandalf warns Frodo not to put the ring on because it wants to be found. And then we meet Saruman the White, played by Christopher Lee. What else is he doing around this time, Ethan? Uh, he's doing Star Wars. Star Wars. So we've so we've got McKellen doing X Men and Lord of the Rings, and in this case, we've got Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. And who's he in Star Wars? Uh, he's Count Dooku. Christopher Lee's just a weirdly cool guy. Christopher like, Lee found like this extra level of fame in his very later years. Very later years. Yeah, because yeah. he did like uh, creature work, horror films. He was like uh, Hammer Horror. Yeah. 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 Dracula, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, Christopher Lee was a major fan of the book. Read it yeah. once a year, every year, and he's the only member of the cast who'd met J.R.R. Tolkien. Wow. That's he originally cool. auditioned for Gandalf, but was told he was too old. Oh. I will oh. say, to be fair, you shouldn't all in, in, in one go. You are. I mean, yeah. I, I hear you. McKellen's awesome in this. Yeah. yeah he is yeah. good in this. Yeah. But and so also, Christopher Lee. Lee just has the, like, uh, he's so good as a villain, and he has that presence. He got a lot of villain roles around this time, too, which first, yeah. you know, rather than the sweet old man, you kind of got whatever. Oh, I didn't mention, Connery did Finding Forrester instead of this film, and I've ah. seen Finding Forrester. It's okay. <laughs> I think around this time, Lee also made his heavy metal Christmas album. Did he really? Yeah, he's just, he's a weird, he was a weird dude. Well, he Is was the a f- joke? No, legit. Like, he has a, he has a crazy 80-year history. He was also one of the first people to be cast in the trilogy, and because of his knowledge of the books, he frequently would drop by the makeup department and give tips about the facial design of the monsters. I don't know how useful they found him, but uh, hey, if Christopher Lee's, Lee's here every- again, yeah, but that's cool, I know right? that he helped like with all the the elfish stuff because he was fluent in it as well. Yes, wow. uh, yeah, because yeah, he reads it once a year. I mean, he knows his stuff. Yeah. Uh, Saruman insults Gandalf, and Gandalf looks intimidated. This was a great idea. This is your like, this is his mentor, mm-hmm. and he's coming down to them. He looks really like embarrassed or unconfident. I liked it. Um, and then there's a warning of an assault on Middle Earth. He says, "I've seen it. How have you seen it? There's a stone, and they very briefly take a blanket off. And I guess the idea being, you can look into it and see what the other stones are looking at at that time. Yeah. But the danger is, it's too. It's like a two way mirror. Mm-hmm. They can see you. Yeah. So uh, Gandalf goes ahead and puts the blanket. And little, it's a very quick heel turn. It's a very quick heel turn. Right. Mm-hmm. We get introduced to him and find out he's a villain in about. 90 yeah, seconds yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah. at least they did sprinkle a couple of things in there where i go okay it wasn't just one move there's a few little hints i'd like a little bit dragged out a little bit more oh <laughs> yes but uh, did, did you <laughs> watch the movie we cut. just watched <laughs> no just that storyline just that you know you know because he does look up to him yeah and i think there's parts of the film could have clipped because a lot, lot of this film dragged for me um i have a question georgia you're a big harry potter fan ethan you are too there was a fight between two wizards, right? Because, you know... There's several. Saruman... This, this was what we want here. 
Um, no, no. I mean in this film. I, 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 you're big fans of Harry Potter, yeah, yeah. comma. Yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> there is now a fight between two wizards because yeah. Saruman reveals that we should all go join Sauron. Saruman, Sauron, Sauron, Saruman. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I didn't know which one to cheer for because I didn't know what house colors they were. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah, mean, I it's not, mean, it's not easy. I feel it's like- easy if you go, oh, he's green. Green's evil. I mean, didn't have that. They did Gandalf is definitely the Dumbledore of the situation, and Gandalf is not Gandalf is not Gryffindor. But, did... he's, but he is the Dumbledore in the situation. I don't know. Yeah, they did I, don't know. I have no knowledge of Harry Potter to. to oh, do you know? I thought it. you would be okay. Sorry, my, my I used to watch them, but I remember nothing. And Sauron is the is either he oh no, he's, he's Grindelwald. Yeah, like yeah. Well, he, I like how the two gay lovers fighting. <laughs> All right. Um, I like how they made Christopher Lee whiter than white. But it's, like a, but it's like a dirty white, though. He's wearing white robes, but they've been, like, but tainted. Like, yeah. Yeah, that, I like that. that. That's that good. That's they're, like, they're a little bit off hue. Because when, when we later see a different wizard, spoilers, come back as white, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, like, blinding white. Yeah. As opposed to this, where it's, like, it's... And, and the, 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 his hair hangs, like, flat against his face. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and the, the robes hang flat down. Mm. But he, he looks look almost skeletal. Like Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Hanks. Um, I thought it was cleverly done visually. And so we switch now to the cornfield. Uh, and Sam's afraid he's lost Frodo and enter Mary and Pippin. So there we go. And they say, and he's just gone about five minutes before. Oh, it's his father, father than I've ever gone. And he then he did. goes, what are you two doing in Farmer Brown's cornfield? I'm like, if it's farther than you've ever been, Mr. Sam, how do you know whose cornfield it is? Yeah. Just saying. Just Maybe all he's the got a good knowledge of his local surroundings. Maybe he is. Also, I heard the name Pippin several times in the film. I did not once hear Mary referred to as Mary. No, fair enough. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think he's called like Meriden Brandybuck or something. His full name gets used a couple of times, but for the most part, yeah. it tends to be Pippin or the little ones, and they don't. Yeah, yeah. Because Pippin's the Pippin's the the, the the clumsy one, so he's the yeah. reason why yeah. he gets called directly a lot of the time. It's an understatement, isn't it? Yep. Sam's a chrome coke can. Sam's afraid. I've said that already. Uh, Frodo wants to get off the road, and there's a great dolly zoom as he looks down the road. Like there's some evil coming towards them. It's good. Just before a black rider comes by, and Frodo almost puts the ring on. They hide underneath the ledge. Very, very um, uh, Narnia. They use the same shot for this in the Narnia film where they is, hide there. This is a bit I remember as a cartoon as a kid watching okay. the the cartoon version, and that terrified me. And I thought the horses were like skeletal. Yeah, but they're not. It looks they're like, not. Like, like not, not, not in this blood one. Blood instead, no. it's gross. And like, yeah. like scorpions coming out of like the sleeves and stuff uh, like that. Um, yeah, these are, this is very much. We are the evil league of evil. We eat evil cereal. Yeah, we drink yeah, evil yeah. milk. Like, there's no nuance on this. No. <laughs> uh, and apparently, they don't like water, or at least we're led to believe they don't like water. Yeah, uh, unless pushed into it. Yeah, <laughs> they make it to the inn, and then Frodo goes by the name Underhill. <laughs> I wonder and, if I was somebody that just. Um, what name should we use? What's your last name? Hey, oi, oi, Pete, what's your name? <laughs> oh, it's Underhill. Oh, it well, sounds like a hobbit name, though, doesn't yeah. it? Don't they live under a hill? Sure. Yeah, 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 like yeah. In, the, in the little crevices of the hills, they live under yeah. hill. Um, someone is still. Because they, they asked for Gandalf, he's not there yet. Because Gandalf's busy having a wizard fight. He is. <laughs> uh, but, you know, his mentor's turned evil. Sorry about that, Frodo. Yeah. Uh, and then someone's staring at Bilbo. We're told by the innkeeper he Frodo. is... A, sorry, Frodo, thank you. We're told by the innkeeper he is a ranger. Mm-hmm. And he's kept kind of in the darkness, hidden underneath a, a, a hood of some sort. Uh, and Sam, meanwhile, is ignoring all this because he's discovered a pint. 
Yes. <laughs> hey, I want a pint. I want one of those. Uh, <laughs> it was up to get a, to get a pint. That's <laughs> pint sized. I have been. There we go. I, I have. I have been at some nights. I'm like, what is that? I want to get me one of those as well. I go wander up. <laughs> Pippin, however, has had his pint, I guess. And they're going, oh, we got a Baggins with us. He's over there. <laughs> so, you know. What a twat. I would have thought you would have explained what rule one was. Don't reveal who Don't I am. Don't reveal who I am. Yeah. The one thing I do want to know at this point, because um, I haven't read the books or anything like that. Um, how do we know that the ranger is supposed to be there? Does he, has he had words with Gandalf? Has he, does he just know of it? I think, the ranger, just, I think the ranger just knows of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think he's he's he wise to what's very going on. on board yeah, for something that he's just- tr- I imagine he's looking and he sees hobbits and he goes, "Huh? Because hobbits really shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Hobbits don't leave home. Hobbits never leave a shire. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that's your first tip. So why would they leave a shire? And then you start sort of putting but pieces he seems together. To know a lot that's going on, doesn't he? We don't. The film doesn't give us any any explanation. No. So we have to go unless it tells us. We can't suppose other things. I didn't know it's whether he was be supposed suggested. to be meeting them and. You There's know, no Gandalf. reference to it. Even when he meets Gandalf back, he doesn't say, oh, Strider find you there? Like, none no, of that no, stuff. Nothing, no. no. Just seemed odd. Yeah. Uh, very, very fortunate mm. that meeting took place. Yeah. Um, Frodo falls over and the ring goes up. We get the shot from the movie where he's reaching for the ring. Stuff from the movie, from the movie poster trailer. Yeah. Which is an all where he reaches up and the ring lands on his finger as he looks scared. Like, you give me a thousand goes of a falling ring. I'm not going to have to land on my finger. I love for when you did that, right? Visually, you put it on your ring finger. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, that in the finger that goes on, is it? No, it goes on your index finger, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he disappears, and everyone goes, oh, and they look, and then we see his perspective, and he's sort of been transformed or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then he reappears, and no one gives a shit. Oh, I disappeared. He goes back. And like, yeah, uh, 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 look, it's me. I'm back. Sure it is. The disembarrassed. Sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we meet uh, Aragorn Strider, played by Vigo Mortensen. I'm gonna go with Vigo. Vigo, is Vigo so right, pretty. Ethan? Yeah, it's Vigo. Vigo. Uh, is he pretty? He's so pretty. He's quite pretty. Okay. So cool in this. Uh, Long list again. Here we go. Go on. Daniel Day Lewis was offered the part at the wow. beginning of the pre-production, but turned it down. He could do this. He so could do this. Like they went, they went for big names here, right? Yeah. The second one, I don't think could do it. Go on. Can you imagine this in all of its glory? Nicholas Cage. Oh no! <laughs> oh god! Oh no! I want to see that. <laughs> Are you frightened? <laughs> you should be. <laughs> he had it in a, a mortal blade. <laughs> After seeing him in Conair with that long hair. <laughs> oh, jeez. I don't think I'd even good at this. The sword. I have, I have his character from Conair with like the white tank top and just a sword <laughs> in his head. Uh, uh, so there we go. No, he would have been uh, He received that. an offer but declined because of family obligations. Wow. Someone who did audition, thank God, Vin Diesel. Oh, auditioned. God. I can only imagine. Fellowship of the family, I'm telling you. There we go. So glad he didn't get it. Stuart, Stuart Townsend was cast. Stuart Townsend, well, I, like- I only know as the lead character in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, as Dorian Gray. He's also, um, is Stuart Townsend the guy who's in um, Queen of the Damned? Yes. Yes, he is. Yes. I yeah. saw because I was looking for other things I'd seen him in. I haven't yeah, seen yeah, him yeah. in that, but yes. Okay. Um, he was cast, and then he was kind of asked to leave because they realized oh. he was too young. Oh, that's a shame. I like him as an actor. He needed to be, I think, where you've got him is the right age. It's probably the youngest you can go, actually. We'll see how old that is later, won't we? Agreed. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Russell Crowe was considered a replacement, but he turned it down because he didn't want to be typecast and believed it to be too similar to his role in Gladiator. Yeah. <laughs> like, in the sense that, yes, you hold a you sword. Hold sword yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad all these big names turned things down. Uh, they again went back to Daniel Day-Lewis, and he turned it down for a second time. Well, he only famously did, like, one movie every ten years, didn't he? Uh, who, Daniel Day-Lewis? Yeah. He's very particular now, yeah. So uh, if they had saying they're going to do three movies, he probably thought, hang on a minute, that's my 30 years of quota. <laughs> so an executive producer in the, play, uh, in the film saw Mortensen in a play, and it was Mortensen's son who convinced him to take the role, uh, which had, filming had already begun. Because they, well, cause, cause they, they yeah, recast yeah, the role, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Mortensen read the book on the plane, received a crash course lesson in fencing from Bob Anderson, and began filming the scenes on Weathertop. Mortensen became a hit around the crew because he patched up his own costume, and he carried his hero sword around with him at all times, off camera <laughs> and off Aww. set. I would as well. Wow. I love so he was quite he was questioned several times by police yeah. after reviewing his training sessions with the sword and people in public just saw a guy with a sword walking around so they called the as you would that would be me wow. as that you would, would. Yep. Do uh, Vigo did his own stunts he yeah. also insisted on using only the real steel sword good lad um, and veteran sword master Bob Anderson called Vigo Mortensen the best swordsman I've ever trained that's more than carrie was do you know why because he's got dedicated to the role vigo mortensen's trilingual in english spanish and danish oh my god requested the script be revised to let aragorn speak more of his lines in elvish and he does speak a lot of lines in elvish when opposite arwen Uh, yes Mm -hmm. good and finally he's a massive fan of le canadien de montreal that's the montreal canadians of a national hockey league and there's a bit of hockey player in him once he once he chipped a tooth while filming a fight sequence, he wanted Peter Jackson to super glue it back on so he could finish the scene. <laughs> but Jackson insisted he go to the dentist on the lunch break and you can come back to the set later in the day. <laughs> so he is a man's man. He is, isn't he? He uh, broke his toe in the third one, doesn't he? Like during his yeah, scene. He kicks, he kicks a shit yeah. up or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he um, screams. And he asks, are you frightened? And they go, yes. And they go, not nearly frightened enough. Yeah. And there's a great fake out because we have this cross cutting now, the hobbit sleeping and then the black riders approaching. Mm-hmm. And then we get them to the bed and they start stabbing the bed and you're like, oh my God, they've just, can you Quentin Tarantino, they're all dead. <laughs> and it would be like some surfer music in the background while this happens. Oh, it'd be great. To kill off one of the hobbits, wouldn't it? Yeah. But again, right, why did they go to that room and they're sitting right opposite in another room and across the street? They seem very, they seem you, very sure they got the right For room. For a bunch of dark riders, they like intimidated other hobbits, didn't kill anybody. Yeah, they go to this thing. They only find the one room. They go, well, it's the Hobbit room. Should we knock on the others? No. Didn't they decapitate someone in the Shire? Yeah. Is that then, or is that no? Because they don't. They never made it to the Shire yet. No, it's when they we pass through make- and they're like baggins. Yeah, like, there's no bagginses round here, and then they they they, they slice them. Take the guy that was like, there's no baggins. I must I must have like typed a note for like two <laughs> seconds and missed oh, that. It was like a two seconds. Okay, thing. so we're not that. Yeah. They're not that polite. <laughs> <laughs> Sam doesn't lose your head over anymore. (laughs) Sam doesn't trust Aragorn, uh, which is which is saying something. Sam is Sam's Sam's thing. He's he's suspicious. Yeah, of everything. He's protective of of Bilbo, is what it is. Frodo. (laughs) He's protective of Frodo, but it it never you know goes beyond you know. But it's just that. So sometimes he's right, and sometimes you're like, come on, buddy, a little bit, a little bit less of that. (laughs) What I quite find funny about this is the fact that he takes it so seriously because Gandalf told him. To take it seriously. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Pippin wants, yeah, because he's, he's, we don't know the promise. He's, 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 yeah, at this point, we told the promise. My promise is I'm never going to leave your side. Yeah. Uh, Pippin wants a second breakfast, and an apple is thrown in his head from off camera. Love it. Really, is Vigo Mortensen throwing an apple in his head? Hey, <laughs> Billy Boyd said that, 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 that take like 11 times, no. and he said, Vigo was having fun with that. He was. <laughs> he was. I would too. Uh, meanwhile, Saruman is bad, and Gandalf's laying on top of a perch as the forest is being destroyed. The trees will be a big deal later on in the, in the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hobbits make uh, make camp and they make breakfast. And Frodo's like, "What are you doing?" It's giving away. To be fair, kind of like the sound of a full English right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be right there. I'm going, "You idiot!" I'd be like, "Oh yeah, shoot, my bad." <laughs> you know I'm what? read it. <laughs> you know what? Fire can do it can be seen from like miles away miles away yeah. so everybody comes up there and and so uh five dark riders come after them frodo drops his sword and falls over and he puts the ring on and the guy who's chasing him is like what <laughs> yeah like what if you're aware of this you know what you do you grab your sword and you go Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Stab into the space. But he, he, like, was he like waits like fifteen seconds before like we can see Frodo moving kind of because of some residue. And then he stabs, I'm like, just do it immediately. But I thought he could still see him. And yeah, it, isn't their job that they could see him? Yeah. We, we we had a point of view shot from we the perspective and he's did. not there. He's not, you're right. Yeah. I did like that they kind of look like the kings that we see at the beginning as well. Yeah, that's because that's cool. they, they are. are. Yeah, 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 I know. Oh okay. just like that. Um so after that, um, they're looking for... Oh, so Frodo stabbed. Rider to the rescue. He takes it all five by himself. Frodo needs elvish medicine, which is convenient because that's where they need to be. But it's not so convenient, but it's six days away. Right. And they're looking for a weed to slow the poison and then enter an Arwen ex machina. And Arwen is played by Liv Tyler. This blew my mind. Why is that? Because I don't remember her at all in this and my only knowledge really? is the oh, really? incredible uh, this. Do you want to be blown away by this? Yes. New Line Cinema thought she was the biggest star of the movie. What? Really? Which says kind of at 2000, oh, around okay. 99, yeah, yeah, yeah. she probably, she's fresh Armageddon. off Armageddon. She's Armageddon, huge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nobody else is like, X-Men hasn't even really properly come out yet. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. no one else is a big deal yet. It was just stunning. Yeah. Elijah Wood was just a kid from The Good Son. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, they're like, yes, we finally have a Hollywood star in the film. Someone else had expressed interest in the role from the Harry Potter universe. Oh, HBC herself, Helena Bonham Carter. I was going to say Helena Bonham Carter, yeah. It's very very innocent for Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think she could buy it this time. She's in the King's Speech, though, isn't she? There's a difference between being the dutiful wife. This isn't the dutiful wife. This is... The no, embodiment is more straight. I, I believe HBC is a great actress who can probably do anything. It's just really easier to go here, Liv Tyler, be Liv Tyler. And I think you need that <laughs> angelic, um, angel-looking just, person. And Helen Bonham isn't that. I think Liv Tyler is a beautiful young lady. Uh, I think that her acting is look confused at camera. Yeah, yeah. That's she generally that well. what she does. She does that well. And then occasionally have like a pouty fight with with the boy you're opposite. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's what Empire Records does. It's what she does. Oh, in, it's what movie. she does in Armageddon. Yeah. Like it just it just is. I think there's a reason we got to a certain point and we stopped seeing her. Yeah. Not a good mm-hmm. actress. Nope. No. No, but I mean, you know, we needed that that because obviously she's seen in this angelic light most of the time. Yep. And like I say, Helen Bob McCall wouldn't have been that person. So I think it would visually, it would have struck us as more odd anyway. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, at this point, I don't even. I wouldn't know who HBC probably is. I'm trying to think if, if I'd seen her in much before this. When was um, Fight Club? Oh, hang on. Yeah, Fight Club's right around this time, '99. Oh. So yeah, she would have done that. Mm-hmm. But tell you what, Fight Club's pretty much that. Like yeah, that that, that kind of 
you don't get much more hell on the bottom card than Fight Club. You know what I'm saying? That's very true. If you've seen her in that already, it would be really difficult to dissociate from that kind of character, I think. Yeah. Pip's Pip's voting for... HBC. HBC? Okay. Yeah. Uh, So Liv Tyler deepened her voice. I didn't notice. I didn't notice either. No. So much that uh, to play Arwen that her father, Stephen Tyler of Aerosmith, asked her if her voice had been dubbed by someone else. (laughs) Uh, Tyler came to the shoot only on short occasions. Uh, She was one of the last actors to be cast. She came in, shot her stuff, and got out. Okay. Mm. She's not a huge presence in the film, to be fair. No. Uh, Kylie was like 15 minutes most. Yeah. Kylie Minogue stated in a 2009 interview that she auditioned for Arwen. Really? No. That would have been interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But she had such a bad ride with Street Fighter, wasn't it? She was in. Oh, she was in Street yeah. Fighter. That's you true. Know, yeah. She hadn't really sort of. She hadn't done what Madonna had done. She hadn't. No, if you want a big star, now I think Liv Tyler is a bigger star. No, but I think Kylie Minogue's a fairly big star still in, got- in lots part Australia, Britain, Europe. Yeah, but maybe that, not North America. Around that time, she was then fading, wasn't she, as a singer? And uh, she was trying to find her feet in the nineties. Yeah, which is- I think you'll find that she got declined as an elf and then went. And- became a fairy in Moulin Rouge instead. Is that right? Well, there we are. Good choice. Um, and, um, oh, she can, I said item. I don't mean die. I don't mean she can die. No, she can ride quickly, it would seem. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say oh, here. Yeah. Uh, she takes Frodo because she's the fastest rider. Not that fast. Jeez. No. And she's not frightened, she says. And I'm like, whoa, previously you were like, you frightened? Not nearly frightened enough. She yeah. goes, I'm not frightened. It's like, cool. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and so let's talk about Liv Tyler or more importantly, the horse that she, well, not she, that her, that her son double rode in on. Okay. Um, Viggo Mortensen purchased the horse and gave it to Liv Tyler's riding double, Jane Abbott. Aww. Good I like Viggo. He's great, isn't he? Yeah. Why do you think we don't see him in more stuff? Very first thing I saw him in was a remake of Vanishing Point. Okay. And he was brilliant. He was in, what was it, A History of Violence? Is he in that? History of Violence, yeah. Yeah. He was in. So he does stuff, but it's not like big stuff. No. Oh, what's that green book? Yeah, he does uh, Green Book. Yeah, he, he, solves, he solves racism in Green Book, right? Again, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, though, that was supposed to be an independent movie. No one was thinking yeah, it was yeah, going to be. Yeah, I, think yeah. he's, I think I've just answered my question. He's an actor. Yes. The road. He's not a movie star. He's an actor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll say this much. While they're, like, riding along, they cut to Frodo. He looks like Anakin Skywalker in the third Star Wars movie. He did, didn't he? He's, he's like, gone. eyes are, like, deep sunk. He's got, like, a hood over his head. He looks like... Ugh. It's just brutal. Spoilers. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. I like I like when one of the riders puts his hand out, like, he's about to get him. He's, like, he's looking, he's going, ooh, I see your hands. <laughs> yeah, because they're right, yeah. <laughs> So they get to a river, and we're like, oh, they can't go in water. We've established this. Nope. Because Liv Tyler lifts her hand up and goes, if you want him, come claim him. Which seems like a stupid thing to do, because they obviously want him. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm trying to establish here. Well, are they afraid of water? Because obviously what happens later. I don't know. Or, think, well, this is, the, this is where we're at. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah, yeah. the ring wraiths can't go in water, but the horses can. He was on so a horse. Maybe, maybe, maybe earlier when they got on the, on, on, the, on the paddle boat and got away, maybe it was too deep at that point, yeah, so the horse couldn't have gone in. They could yeah. have just yeah. jumped on the bloody ferry last time. There was that little spot. Ha, we got away. Yeah. They got like I a got meter you. away from the jetty, yeah. and they were like, oh, can't go there. <laughs> um, so uh, when she does this scene, somehow, I don't know if she's a bla- she stabs herself in the leg. Yeah, How? I don't know, but you can see it on the bloopers and outtakes in the movie. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Why did she have a sharp sword in the first I have place? no idea. Probably, I, 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 I think they her part. I know her part's not nearly as big in the book. 
okay. especially not in this part of the movie. Yeah. yeah. So I think they did some, like the, the whole thing with the water horses, not in the book. I that know that much. That was good. I know it looked cool because it was water horses too. Water horses yeah. taking on horses. I like yeah. that. It's great. Isn't that a Led Zeppelin song? Water horses. Is it? No, it's War Horses. I'm making a joke. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Did you know that song? War Horses? No. Oh, okay. Dude. No. Oh, I love War Horses. Uh, Frodo comes too, and he's in the elven house, and Gandalf is there. And we yada yada over how Gandalf gets away. But also, but we yada yada over how what's his face is, is alive. Now. Oh, she's fast. Oh, okay. That's it. That's, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, Gandalf then reveals uh, his backstory. He hurled himself off a ledge and is caught by an eagle. And this is the plot hole of Lord of the Rings in a nutshell. If you've got Ride access to an eagle, eagle to the mountain and just throw the ring in the volcano. There we are then. Oh yeah. <laughs> Movie over. <laughs> Movie over. If you can if you can summon Mordor. eagles at your will, yeah. get the eagles. The yeah. old eagles that can carry full grown wizards can definitely carry a hobbit. Frodo, here. Frodo, just sort of stick. Stay, stay with me. Stay. Okay. And push. Not hard. Because there's no way Gollum can 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 no. keep, can match the pace of an eagle. Nope. We should all take the advice of Seal and fly like an eagle into the future. <laughs> do, 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 do. You guys know Seal? Was he a big yeah, deal? Yeah, yeah, like was Seal. Seal a big deal? Yeah, he was. I'm being for real. Um, from a rose. Let's get done so we can be done for nine o'clock and get our pizza meal. Pizza meal. I'm Pe- so excited and hungry. Pizza. Pizza. I feel like Mickey pizza. in the episode of. Pizza. Uh, <laughs> On that pizza. note, I am starving hungry. That Huel doesn't work. I think it does. Nope. Um, so the hobbits reunite and we see Bilbo looking much older. And everything is everything in the Elvish land is soft focus and gold lighting. It's nice. It's good. It is. And visually, it was different. And I appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's some of like twenty minutes of the film is actually in daylight. It's great. Sam wants to go home, and he's like, "We've done what we were supposed to do." And I'm like, "Yeah, fair point. Mm-hmm. That was it. You were told to get to the Elvish land. You've done that." Although I do think Sam was looking for the ring when he's going through the bags. I do. And we meet Elrond, played by Hugo Weaving. Mr. Anderson. Agent Smith in the Matrix movies. Yeah. Also Red Skull in the first Captain America. Oh, he was? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. David Bowie expressed interest in this role. Did he? Well, that would have been amazing. He'd have been great as the, because he was yeah. the, he was like the elf whatever in Labyrinth, wasn't yeah, he? Labyrinth, yeah, Labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah. King Goblin. That's it. King Go- the Goblin King. That's Goblin it. Yeah. King, yeah. So, uh, but Jackson stated to have a famous beloved character and a famous star colliding felt slightly uncomfortable. Uh how cool would that have been, though? Yeah, what, I said I'd be well up for the alternate version of this. David Bowie. Um, he, tells the, uh, he tells Gandalf that the ring can't stay there. I'm like, well, thanks a lot, Elrond. You've been really helpful. Uh, but he tells the story of how he was there on the day 3,000 years ago, and uh, Isidore could have thrown the, the ring. As we find out, the ring has to be destroyed in the fires of Mount Doom. Mordor. Mount Doom, yeah. because everything yeah. else has got great names, but Mount Doom. Yeah, that's all right. Is Mount Doom? Him. It's in Mordor, but it's also Mount Doom, yeah. Is it? Yeah. 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 I've never known that. Oh, yeah. Weird. Uh, And he goes, and here's the deal. Like, if, 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 what's his name? Um, Mr. Agent Smith had just gone ahead and, like, stabbed Isidore when he's running away. He should have done, yeah. Like, kill one guy, save everybody. Yeah. I'm okay with that. That's what, that's what the premise of war is about. I'm willing to sacrifice one to save everyone. But would he have been able to take control of it to throw it in? Just to be fair, you could just throw the push him. <laughs> because it, cause it, he says, put the ring on and just roll his body. <laughs> because he says it can't stay here. So is it yeah. again the power wielding people that can't? Take maybe control? maybe this is him going. I'm smart enough to know I, I can't handle it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe like we have seen he could have just chopped his hand off and thrown it in. Chop a hand off. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Cut, hand it to him. Cut off a finger off. Yeah. 
so this is men are scattered they're leaderless and they play the pronoun game about he there's the man there's someone who could lead them yes there's someone but he doesn't want to do that and then we cut to aragon aragorn sorry it's very similar but we also this. meet boromir played by sean bean yeah who is great weird. in which, everything i think they're very similar people <laughs> great in Rosemary's oh, he's gonna die so. early on when i was thinking about this movie all i kept thinking was which one's sean bean which one's Vigo? okay <laughs> do you know what i mean uh, i don't sean bean's better at playing the conflict he's so good in this he is very good. he's incredible oh. um i'll tell you who expressed interest in this go on Billy Ray Cyrus. Hey Zeus, thanks a lot for helping back there. I'm not talking about Samuel Jackson. I'm talking Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis. Really? Wow. He's no. an every he's an every man. He, he, if you were to go for an American Sean Bean, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. I'll give you. I'm that. glad he didn't. Though. I'm glad he didn't. He's nowhere near the actor Sean no. Bean is. Yeah. But if you had to, you could do worse. And he would have never died on screen, would he? Bruce Willis? Yeah, sure he would have. Would he? He's he's right. He's he's still still after. He expressed interest in the role. He's read the book. Well, I think so. He's have, like, let's change this. Let's tweets. make Boromir the hero. Yes, that's Bruce Willis. <laughs> Give me the ring, and I will, with one gun and a helicopter, take out <laughs> Sauron. <laughs> that is Bruce Willis. He would have done that. That'd have been a different movie. He would do that by the time we get to Die Hard Four. That's what he'd be up for. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, if he's got a helicopter, he could just put let's it in the get Bruce in. Willis and Samuel Jackson in their Die Hard roles, <laughs> taking on Sauron. That's what <laughs> I want. This is how you should be. Kaye, motherfucker. We go to uh, so. Boromir cuts his finger on the sword that cut the hand of the ring. Uh, Boromir has a temper and kicks the sword, but Aragorn goes ahead and puts it back up nicely on the little platform. And we find out through Arwen that Aragorn is Isidore's heir. And he's too many names in this film. And he's really afraid of this because he's like, I don't want to be like my great, 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 great grandfather. Mm hmm. And she's going, you're nothing like him. And I want to go, it's not like he's your dad. No. It's it's been thousands of years. It's been 300 years, isn't it? 3,000 years. 3,000 years. Yeah. So how old is bloody thingy then? He's an Elrond. Anderson. Elrond said he's 3,000 years ago. See, I guess they live... Well, we find out they're they're, they're immortal, aren't they? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. So um, we find out that Arwen and Aragorn used to be a thing. She wants to give up her immortality to be with Aragorn. He's like, don't you do that. Uh, The music here is great. And they kiss in what is the most movie location ever. Mm. (laughs) This bridge with this light. It looks beautiful. It does. It It does. does. It's really well done. And then we go to a great scene, the fellowship meeting. Which is good. They're all sitting around outside. Uh, The meme meeting. Huh? The meme meeting. The meme meeting. Because at this point, George is going, I don't know Sean Bean. And we're like, oh, he was in Goldeneye. No, not that. Mm. Oh, he was in this. No, not that. She goes, is he from the meme? And I'm going, what? I'm like, <laughs> no, come on, George. I'm like, oh, yeah. yes, he is. One <laughs> must not simply walk into Mordor. actually from this scene. Is yeah. that meme? So Frodo brings up the ring. Boromir seems intrigued. Legolas seems intimidated or frightened. Boromir says, let's use it as a gift and free people. Legolas outstrider as Aragorn, heir to the throne of Gondor, which Boromir does not like because you get the idea he's kind of running Gondor right now. Mm -hmm. Gondor has Mm -hmm. no king. And it needs no king. And then let's meet Legolas, played by Orlando Bloom. Also, Will Turner. Also, Um, not with his his contact lenses in in this, this scene. He's also the calcium kid. (laughs) <laughs> is he bloom initially auditioned for faramir who's in the second film but they like him so much they go you should be legolas he mm. landed the role of legolas two days before he finished drama school uh wow. a pretty wow. good graduation gift is, isn't it? Isn't yeah. It? yeah uh he did most of his own stunts and even broke a rib in the process and as this is going on gimli decides he's gonna use an axe and destroy the ring there gimli played by john reese davies was also in sliders but was also salah in the indiana jones films 
Oh. Oh. He wears the he wears yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the red fez. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. the the friend. Yeah. He looks very different in this. He does. I would you said not he was have guessed. In sliders, and I thought you meant he was wearing sliders as in sliders shoes. No, no, no. Like, he was, a, he was a, a great TV show. It was great. It was like Quantum Leap, but like on crack to the next level. It was yeah. so good. Sliders, sliders. <laughs> uh, then it got stupid, but yeah, for a while it, it was really good. It was. Billy Connolly was considered for the part of Gimli. Who oh, would, that would have wow. been cool. Yeah, he would later get a role in The Hobbit. Uh, oh, Reese Davies wore heavy prosthetics, which limited his vision and caused eczema around his eyes. Oh, no. Uh, he also played Gimli's father, Gleon, in the scene where the fellowship is forged. Uh, despite playing a dwarf, he's the tallest of all the actors in the fellowship. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say he's a tall he's bloke. Funny. Yeah, because in, if you look at uh, Indiana Jones or Sliders, yeah, he's a yeah. big man. He's 6'1. That's same with Billy oh. Connor. So probably though, like yeah. 183 centimeters, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um,. Agent Smith tells us one of them must take the ring to Mordor. Sorry, Mordor. Mordor. Sean Bean starts a million memes by telling us that one does not simply walk into Mordor. <laughs> and elves and dwarves are racist against each other, we discover. Yeah. Oh, man. Harry. Which is weird because they show up at the same time, though. They do, it's like they? Boromir's got his bros with him. Yeah. And you find out later, oh, they don't get on. <laughs> Wait, is Boromir like the rational? Although, to be fair, like Gimli's like racist as hell. And Legolas... Orlando Bloom feels like he's two days out of out of drama school in this movie. Yeah, but Legolas is. He's pretty, very fresh yeah. faced. He's pretty. He? Yes. Um, Frodo volunteers, and there's a big fight, and Frodo volunteers to take it, and we um, have a shot from just in front of Gandalf, and you can hear him hearing it, and it's, it's like he has a heaviness, and his heart breaks, but he can't argue because he's the right choice, mm-hmm. but he wishes he wasn't that choice. And Gandalf and Strider then volunteer to help. You have my, uh, you have my sword. Strider says. Then we get. You have my bow and my axe. Good thing you brought two. Yeah, yeah. Because he broke the first one on the ring. Yeah. You always have to have two axes when you go out there. Liam did make a good point while we were watching it because you could see the like the fight scene was happening from the perspective of like looking into the ring, which yeah. was really cool. So the ring, like, the ring is causing is cool, like you can see the anger through the ring. It yeah, was cool. the ring brings out the worst in everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Bar- Baramir comes to and then Sam is revealed because he's doing what he does he's cutting the grass underneath the window <laughs> and so are Mary and Pippin and so Bilbo we got gifts where Bilbo gives some gifts I said GIF, G-I-F-S, I meant GIFs. <laughs> he says, hey, I've heard that people don't just walk, you know, merely walk into Mordor, so let me give you some <laughs> yeah. stuff and he gives them some chain mail and some other stuff and then he sees the ring and he just goes, oh, I want to hold it one more time. And then they have this shot of like evil eyes. Yeah. <laughs> well. Teeth, yeah, yeah. It was, it was this, I liked it for one last, because it's the last we're going to see a Bilbo. One last hurrah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he, and he, he, everybody seems to catch themselves. It was, oh, I'm really sorry. Yeah. Like you have that moment where you're kind of seeing red and you go, oh, wait a minute. I'm back inside myself now. I'm really sorry about that. And they're on the move. And it's a tourism ad for New Zealand. It looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Which is odd yeah. because Frodo doesn't have that, does he? He's the one with the ring. He's, he's, he's it's part, really it's a part where he goes, I'm not like Bilbo. And I think good. Yeah. Good. Because he seems yeah, to yeah, be yeah. kind of, he doesn't want, he, he doesn't, this thing, he doesn't, he's not aspirational. He does, you know what he wants? He wants to grow old in the Shire. Yeah. That's all he wants. He yeah. wants to, he wants to, you know, drink pints and read books and. Although in his mind, he thinks he wants this great adventure because he sees, He doesn't. Does he? Because he says, he, you know, I wanted this great adventure. Oh, at the start, the idea of the yeah, adventure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But once, once you come out of the shot, He didn't want it, yeah. No, he, he, didn't, he didn't want, want it at all. It. He was ready to go home. Yeah. Gimli thinks we're taking the long way around. Uh, Gandalf doesn't want to go through Moria, we find out. Uh, Boromir. It's a nice moment. He's teaching the Hobbit swordplay. 
That's good. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, bird spies come by and they force the hobbits to instead go through the mountains. So this is where we find out the snowy part of New Zealand. Um, That's really deep at some point. Just give us like as many different looking things as we can. Yeah, use the locations. It's free. Uh, Frodo falls over and the ring comes free and Boromir is obsessed. Aragorn tells him to give the ring to Frodo. Boromir tries to shake that off and you look and Aragorn had his hand on a sword the whole time. And they're they're doing hints. Boromir's going to be a problem. We're not going to the end of this film without Boromir being a problem. But they show us this right after he's in the sword place. So we see he's he's a nuanced character. He's not just men are bad. men are weak yeah is what it is the cast often had to fly to remote shoot locations by helicopter but sean bean was afraid of flying and would only do it when absolutely necessary when they were shooting the scenes of the fellowship crossing the snowy mountains he would spend two hours every morning climbing from the base of the mountains of a set near the top already already dressed as boromir (laughs) the crew being flown up could see him from their helicopters (laughs) i betcha they were just shouting down (laughs) (laughs) you know they would you look good Uh, the mountain pass we find is longer doable so they must go through the mines of Moria instead the mines of Moria is where I feel the film drags it drags a lot yeah. it's rough it gets dark and so everything looks the same and you're just like oh. and you're two hours into a film you're going oh jeez yeah um, there's a, there's a riddle. Speak friend and enter, but it, and it's just this to say the word friend. Yeah, He's like, it's a riddle. It's not much of a riddle. Just In say Elvish. the word. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he goes, it's not it's not a, a mine. It's a tomb. And then we find out it's a goblin trap. But um, outside we've got like the discount kraken from the uh, yeah from the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. So Will Turner got some practice there before. <laughs> Thanks to Pippin again. Yeah. Thanks to Pippin again. Pippin keeps making all the noise. Um. Uh, not this Pippin here, though. He keeps making all the noise, too. Um, and so they, they they grab... I've said Fordo. I mean Frodo. And, <laughs> and, and then they kill it. And I don't mean Fordo. I mean they kill... Oh, sure, let's call, let's call the, the, uh, the, 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 Kraken. the Kraken is Fordo. Fordo. <laughs> so, so, so they kill Fordo, and then they go back to the mines. It's a moment of last resort. Um, Gandalf has the light app from my iPhone on his staff and makes it look all bright. <laughs> looks good. It does look good. <laughs> Uh, something is, you know, something's following us, Gandalf. And he goes, yeah, it's Gollum. He's been following us for three days. And he goes, oh, I wish he, I wish Bilbo had killed him. And he goes, well, I don't know. He said he loves and he hates the rings because he loves and he hates himself. Yeah. And he says, Gollum, in my heart, Gollum still has a part to play yet. I'm like, yes, please. He does, yeah. Please, I need this. <laughs> At which point I was also going, what have they been eating for the last three days? Like, they've not got bags on them. There's no, no food in there. No. Um, shrubbery. Yeah. <laughs> A shrubbery. Algae off of the, the rocks. <laughs> um, he says, uh, he said, I wish that hadn't happened to me. And he goes, yeah, so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to do is decide. Sorry, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. There are forces at work in this world, Frodo, besides that of evil. Bilbo was meant to find the ring, in which case you were also meant to have it. And that is an encouraging thought. Mm. That's a very Christian allegory there. Yeah, we're, we, 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 so. we, we, we are each given something. Yeah, your challenge. Your challenge. Yeah. Um, there's no reason to decide who or what is it is, but it's up to us to then make the best of a situation. To be honest with you, it's not that different from what we say at school sometimes. Where we mm-hmm. go, look, it's not, we, we can't control what happens to us sometimes, but we can control how we respond to what happens to us. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. 
So, but I hear what you're saying. There is some sort of biblical allegory that really in that. Is, yeah. So during filming, most of the members of the fellowship took up surfing in New Zealand in their spare time. <laughs> Amongst them was, of course, he did Vigo Mortensen, mm-hmm. who wiped out so terribly one day, he bruised the whole side of his face. Ooh. The next day, makeup artists weren't successful in masking the bruising and swelling. So Peter Jackson opted to film Mortensen exclusively to one side for the entire scene. <laughs> so if you look, he's only seen from the one side the whole scene long. That's at least it was in a dark cave we come across the city of moria and they're dead claire they're all dead (laughs) uh they read the account and it's like the scene in monty python the holy grail where they're carving as he's dying they're like still writing (laughs) they're here they're arriving Uh, and then pippin goes you know what i haven't made noise in about six minutes Oh, oh, they should have eaten pippin is what they should have done they should have done uh That's the one you should have killed. <laughs> and then there's a fight with some orcs because uh, they come in and there's like a, there's like a giant orc. Yeah. Frodo is stabbed and like he sells the stab job and goes like, oh, and falls <laughs> over. And that encourages Merry and Pippin to join in and finally fight. And Sam and Gandalf look concerned. They're not really fighters. Avent- Why are the orcs taken uh, Merry and Pippin? Why are they not killed them? Oh, we're not there yet. We're still in the caves. <clears throat> Yeah, but didn't they take him in the caves? No, 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 that's later. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. So, um, the mega orc is killed, uh, but Aragorn... Cave troll? Aragorn looked like he was in, like, like a bad... A cave troll? But Aragorn looked like he was in, like, a bad way. Mm. Like, you know, he got hurt, but they never really addressed it again. <laughs> Do you think this is where J.K. Rowling got troll? Troll in the dungeon! <laughs> I do love the one line where he just nonchalantly just says, They have a cave troll. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Frodo is in a bad way, we think, but then psych, he's alive. Not just alive, he's undamaged. The, I, mean, I was going, how? He's yeah. just made faces like he's constipated. Oh, for like he's like a minute long. He has told yeah. the camera, I'm dying now, <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah. And then, no, he's wearing the chainmail. Ha ha. And I'm sure that's not how chainmail works, though. Like, it's you get stabbed, uh, specific. You're still get stabbed. It, it's it's one of the many magic doohickeys of this film. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 so it's literal magic. magic. So many magical doohickeys. Yep. It's it's magic chainmail. The elves. It's called like mithril. Yeah, and that's its only job is to be plot armor. And then we get this thing that scares the orcs or the trolls or whatever it is off, and we find out that it's bad. the it's the Balrog. Am I saying that right? Balrog, and we're told by Gandalf it's beyond any of them before we even see it we're told you're no match for it run and we trust Gandalf so it's it's an effective way to do it Gandalf tells Aragorn keep leading the party to the bridge and we get um, you know if I want to lecture some students about not, you know, you need to try harder, you know, you shall not pass oh it's great, great Um, one wasn't this monster also the monster from Thor Ragnarok Yes. And let's, let's go through his IMDb. I think he later finds work. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he, did, he, did, he did well in this. It was good to see him again. because you knew Kate Blanchett. Kate well. Blanchett yeah. is like, yo, she's like, yeah. I know someone who can do this role. Balorog. Or Balorog. You shall not pass. He sends the beast down, and it's great because you think he gets away. Yeah. And even I was like, oh, so when does he? And then you see like the, the, like, whip. the, the whip, and you're like, oh, it is now. Okay, uh, this trick this you shall not pass could gandalf not have been using this the whole film to what to make the earth underneath their feet just keep disappearing to like make the big evil people like not come near them a sacrifice of his life though isn't he well no because he's not he doesn't he doesn't doesn't think he's he's dying oh okay because at the start it's just the guy who goes down oh yeah and then the whip gets him it's a great reveal because you think in your heart oh he made it and we really i really like gandalf so there we go um and so 
we go outside and every oh he says fly you fools because you know everyone's like no yeah especially frodo and he's pulled down and the score is great as he Mm -hmm. falls and the camera stays on him falling for a while and they go outside and they mourn the loss of gandalf and this is where the leadership clearly moves from gandalf to to aragorn he's like without missing a beat he's the leader now of course and he wasn't the leader before this no 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 but he's he's a very good servant but also a very good leader at the same time it's the old adage the best servants make the best leaders or don't have a leader who wouldn't know how to serve yada 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 Mm -hmm. and bormer says give them a moment and i'm like good for you yeah oh movie's playing with my head now who's the good guy (laughs) and then he slapped down verbally because he goes look i I can't we can't afford to give them a moment they will be here we need to move uh and the ironic part about the fellowship mourning the loss of gandalf was at this point a fair number of the cast members had never met Serena McCallum. Uh, <laughs> because oh. they were always being shot in yeah, different things, different right? Locations, yeah. So they never met him, let alone see them dress up as the wizards. So well done. Yeah. We are warned of an elf witch two seconds before pretty much Frodo picks up the signal on the satellite phone. In his head. <laughs> uh, Gimli says, I oh, don't worry, I have the eyes of a fox right before running into the elves themselves. <laughs> That's funny. And they're summoned to hang out with a lady of the elves. When I say summoned, I mean by like arrows at your or swords <laughs> at your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we meet Galadriel. 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 That's it. Yeah. Played by Kate Blanchett. And, and she has a pensive. She has a pensive. What do you mean? From she Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a dish that you can look look into and see things. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Something else. That you have to fill with water first. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Also, when the rocks move in the cave, it looks like the um, staircases move in Harry Potter. That's yeah. true, too. So they want to know where Gandalf is, but they answer their own question. They go, oh, if he's not with you, it must mean that uh, he's dead. Uh, there are some serious eyes between Gal- Galadriel and all the men, and lots of extreme close-ups as she's sort of sussing them out, I guess. Mm-hmm. I thought it was something sexual at first. So did I. Yeah. Uh, Boromir was then told there was hope for Gondrol by a voice in his head, and he feels the weight of pressure and what he's not getting. It's kind of unfair to give him this, like, sort of ubiquitous statement, but it, the hope isn't him. Mm-hmm. The hope is in Aragorn. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he welcomes Aragorn as an equal, though. We will go back and they will welcome the lords of. He's like, okay, you're my equal, but he's just not willing to, to sort of no. bring himself underneath. Yeah. Frodo goes to the magic mirror. Frodo wants to know what he'll see. We get told things that were, things that are, and things that have not yet come to pass. This is a really hard part of the movie to sort of rescue because after Gandalf dies, you kind of think the movie's over. Yeah, you do. Um, it's, it's a very long epilogue. Yeah. Frodo sees the Shire burn and the hobbits being enslaved. It's what will come to pass if Frodo should fail the fellowship is failing (laughs) someone will try and take the ring so frodo offers the ring to galadriel and should probably rethink that he probably figures out within moments because she like it's like a complete different actress in the face it's it's really weird it's strange uh, maybe that was Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> Frodo doesn't want to be alone, and we get told to be a ring bearer is to be alone. But even the smallest person can change the fight, the face of history, and she gives him a light, which is nice. Which they just lost a light, so that's good. Yeah. Yep. And we get set up for the finale here. There's so many dissolves in the crosscut between the Black Riders and mm-hmm. uh, and them going down the water. Is this where they put the white? powder on their faces as well yeah that's where the orcs put the white powder on their yeah. faces as a big bad for a movie the orcs are terrible because mm. they're faceless they're the same i yeah. don't care they don't speak really like i don't i don't one of them spoke earlier how on. do i care why yeah, do i care yeah, yeah. uh but two statues uh 
suggest for river goers to stop because they're holding their hands out maybe because there's a waterfall coming up they camp and frodo takes off but he's discovered by boromir who wants to borrow the ring to help his people and i think boromir is honestly just trying to always do good and do right Mm -hmm. and he's just been told there's hope and he goes what hope i can't do it the ring the ring could help me yeah yeah. so i think you know galadriel's got to assist in what's about to happen here but then he tries to hit the ring by force and frodo puts it on to disappear and frodo then shouts like he's just like a guy who's just lost his cool and so shouting whatever he can you'll betray us all you'll of course not and then he feels bad and cries aragorn finds frodo and now frodo doesn't trust anyone but he says will you turn down the ring and he walks up to it and like what's he gonna do Mm. and he closes the hand over the ring very quietly yeah it's, it's a good moment mm-hmm. uh, frodo's gonna go off on his own and then he's told to run because while we're having this little moment somehow like a hundred orcs just rocked up they did <laughs> yeah mary and pippin distract the orcs so frodo can get away boromore saves the hobbits in a great hero spot because P- mary and pippin are about to be killed we think and here comes boromir and he gets his redemption before he dies. He does. Uh, Legolas is going to kick some ass with some arrows. We hear the Horn of Gondor. The problem with the Horn of Gondor is it lives the bad guys where you are, just the good guys. There's a lot more <laughs> bad guys than good guys. Yeah. And like, they take forever to get there, where the orcs are there in like moments. Where is Legolas getting all these arrows from? Like he is not I mean, magic. He is not conservative on magic how many elvish you know. arrows. Okay. And there were not that many in that sheath. He does lie. reuse a few, though. You know, yeah, he does stab a few and then he, and then he fires them. Not the ones he's firing across the mines of Moria. <laughs> no, no. Um, the chief orc then shoots Boromir in the chest and we get silence. And yet Boromir continues to fight. And then he's hit again, yet he continues to fight. He's hit by a third and that looks like it's it. Merry and Pippin are taken by the orcs and the orcs depart, save for the chief orc who just takes way too long. Yeah. And they make you think he's going to eat it. And then not finally, not long enough to save him, but long enough to have this moment, I guess. Yeah. Here comes Aragorn. Aragorn. He beheads the orc. I guess payback for that poor hobbit. Boromir confesses his sins and is allowed forgiveness. He says, my captain, oh, my king, my captain. And Boromir dies, and Aragorn cries. And I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a nice moment. I don't want to zoom too much past it, but, but it's, it's a nice moment. It is a nice moment, yeah. And, yeah. and he does death scene very well. Nobody dies like Sean Bean no. dies. Sean Bean's got this down. <laughs> he does. He is the king of dying on screen. Yep. <laughs> How many deaths does it take before people start going? You know what? You're getting up there. Yeah, you got quite a few. <laughs> I see Sean Bean and things now, and I'm like, oh, he's going to die. Yeah, the, the it's very thing, rarely he survives. The funny thing is, the only, I think he's number five in the list or something, of the, the most deaths on screen. Um, everybody else is like people who oh, are just from- like big characters? No, are from like the 30s, 40s, and 50s, that sort of thing. So she's made so many films. Them, so many, many movies, yeah. Yeah. Um, like Vincent Price, I think, or yeah. Christopher Lee himself. And also like, 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 like monster movies have been a big deal, so yeah, you need body yeah. counts for those things. yeah. Uh, Boromir, sorry, uh, sorry, Sam, sorry, we, we got a boat. Got a boat. It's not going fast. And once got Frodo is caught up by Mr. Sam. <laughs> so Frodo's there. little flippy floppies. <laughs> flippy floppies on his big old booties. Yeah. So, um, we have Frodo. He's going through a scene about what to do, but the time that is given to you from Frodo's point of view shot, and he cries. And then Sam comes across him, and Sam can't swim, but he still follows after Frodo. Oh, that's such There's good another scene. boat on the shore. Even, oh my goodness! But Sam. even to his detriment, he like falls in the water. He's yeah. like, "It's fine." I'll, I'll, and like, wow! And like, he will not stop following you. No. And it's not about him. It's just about I made a promise. 
and yeah. I'm going to look after you. But there's a boat. It's, it's, it's a great metaphor. Yeah, it is. He will, he will, he will follow Frodo anywhere, well, even if then, it means his harm. Then don't put the second boat in the background of the shot. But they had to get there somehow. It's not, we know what George just grumbled. George, this isn't, this isn't supposed to be logical. <laughs> I don't think Sam's going. Movie. I don't think Sam's going. Frodo will let me die. No, no. My favorite line, I think, in the whole film is, "I'm going to Mordor alone." Of course you are, and I'm coming with you. <laughs> <laughs> And so it's a good metaphor for his journey, selfless, and they go together. Uh, Boromir's given a boat for his funeral, so if he'd taken the boat, there wouldn't have been one for this. Oh. All of a sudden, boats were plentiful. Were. <laughs> uh, Gimli thinks the fellowship has failed, and he's told not if we stay tr- hold true to each other. And then they go after Merry and Pippin, and they're going to go hunt Orc. And that's enough for Gimli. Uh, Gimli and Legolas's like, hate for each other was like, was like cured like two minutes after that argument. Yeah, because we don't get yeah, anything. Was, yeah, I thought it was like until the the, the third film where they have no. that little thing. But like, no, I was he, wrong. He's 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 a little grumpy when he first meets the elves when they're when they're taken. But that's a small thing. Yeah. And, and why he didn't like those elves as opposed to the other elves, I don't know. Because when he's at the fellowship meeting, he seems cool with King Elrond. Elrond, Mister Anderson. Um. And Frodo and Sam wonder if they'll ever see Stryker again. And Frodo finishes by looking at Sam and saying, I'm glad you're with me. Yeah. Cute. I'll say after the shoot, and this is all three movies, the nine cast members playing the Fellowship got a tattoo. They did. The elvish Aww. symbol for the number nine, with the exception of Aww. John Reese davies who stunt double got the tattoo instead. Because uh. I guess he would have been the one with them because yeah, they would have shot him separately, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, after a New Zealand premiere, Director Peter Jackson joined them by getting the nine members of the fellowship by getting a member of a tattoo of his own. His says ten. Aww. Aww. Sean Bean called Boromir's death in this movie as his favorite on-screen death. So how many, did he say that? How many off-screen deaths have you had, buddy? Hopefully just the one. <laughs> not and then there was a dummy of Sean Bean's body seen at the end uh, in, in, in the boat. It was so convincing that a crew member, while taking lunch orders, asked other cast members, hey, does Sean Bean want anything? <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably walking down the mountain by that point. Yeah. <laughs> so that is that. Uh, quick cameos. Peter Jackson was a belching peasant outside the Prancing Pony Inn. <laughs> Meanwhile, two of his oh. children, Billy Jackson and Katie Jackson, are listed in the end credits as cute hobbit children. Aww. Aww. And director Peter Jackson gives one of the rings used in the movies to Elijah Wood. He gives another ring to Andy Serkis, and they both thought they had the only one. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's funny. One ring to rule them all. Yeah. So that is, I mean, we got through it actually in, in quicker. I think part of the reason why the recap was, there's a lot of action sequences. There mm-hmm. is. And there's a lot of sweeping landscape sort of things. And it's easy to kind of go, yeah, they're still fighting orcs. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the strength is kind of, uh, Liam, it is, I'm going to hit the button first. We're in the end game now. And we are on the end game now, yeah. Liam. We need a random word. Random word. Oh. Glowing sword. Gl- is there actually a glowing sword in this? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sting. Yeah. Sting. Yeah. Sting is the glowing sword that Frodo gives him. There we are. It glows blue when the orcs are close. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. All right. Yeah, cool. <laughs> So, let's talk glo- glowing sword. Oh, glowing sword. That's not really a mistake. I just didn't pick it up on it. Um, thir- this thing got 13 Oscar nominations. How many? Wow. Four. Oh. Uh, mostly technical, yeah, but it yeah. does win. It wins for cinematography, cinematography makeup, yeah. score, and visual effects. Oh, yeah, so, good. hey, James Horner, maybe good thing yeah. you turned it down because, you know, mm-hmm. buddy boy, what, Howard Shore. 
got the got the Oscar for this. Nominated for Best Picture, nominated for Best Director, nominated for Best Supporting Actor. You want to guess who it is? Uh, Vigo. Yeah. No. Sean Bean. Sean Bean. No. Ooh. Sean Austin. Ian McKellen. Oh yeah. I was just oh. gonna say, I don't know him. Sean Aston. I said that. You said Austin. Oh, I, I meant to say Austin. Okay. Uh, Stone Cold Sean Austin. <laughs> <laughs> um, it did win four BAFTAs, including Best Picture and Best Director. And it won the Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a Motion Picture. And that's actors voting on actors. Oh, okay. So it's from, it's from, from your peers. Yeah. So that's cool. That is cool. Uh, it, was, it had a budget of $93 million. Anybody want to have a guess at how much money it took in? Uh, let's start with Ellie. 360. Okay. Liam. Ooh, 450. Georgia. 280. And Ethan. 420. Ellie, it's amazing. You said 360? I did. 362. Nice. <laughs> so there we go. Wow. So a nice job there as far as box office and why does it matter? I mean, it didn't really matter. They shot all three at once anyway, but pro- the success of this is how... And for the most part you got to keep in mind that um this is what why is this not doing what i want it to do why are you not doing what i want you to do in the bottom right of ethan's face click that one there hey thank you very much <laughs> bottom right of ethan's face <laughs> give that a punch there we go so uh <laughs> so you suggest uh, we punch Ethan's face. No one saw my face, but just, it just dropped. Just the bottom right side. We'll tell everybody he was surfing and we'll shoot him from the other side. Uh, whose story? Whose story is this? I mean, it's, I guess. It, oh, hang on. There's a, there's a few people whose story is in this film. Yeah, Gandalf a little bit. Mainly Frodo. It's Frodo's story. I want to give it's an honorable mention to Boromir. Story. Yeah, Boromir has, a, Boromir has a complete arc in this movie. He does, he does, and it's very nuanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, is it his individual no. story? No. no. Is he the only one who maybe gets a full complete story? Yes. Unless well, he dies. his end. because yeah. <laughs> he gets his redemption and, he's, and, and yeah, he dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's done. Yeah. Spoiler alert: he does. He's he's not Boromir the White. <laughs> Next <laughs> no. movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what is the story here? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's heavily a Christian allegory. I mean, it's about it's about doing what's right, even at the cost of your own personal that detriment, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, selflessness. E- selflessness, even if you don't want to do this. And why does this have to fall to me? I don't know, but it doesn't mean that we get to turn it down. But people are running around to help you. And I think it's the, uh, that last line: the smallest person can make the biggest difference in the world. Ooh, yeah. there it is. Yeah, there, that's it. Yeah, now Galadriel. Thanks a lot, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, though she be little, she be fierce. <laughs> though he be little. He'd be fierce. He'd be fierce. Uh, role of women in the film. Not bad. There's not many of them, but it's I not bad for them. Who do we have? Good. We have we have Arwen. Yeah. We have Galadriel. Galadriel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be that, is it? Okay. I think, unfortunately, because it's based on a book from 1954, you're a bit limited unless you're going to change things. Um, nowadays, I think you'd end up with like a kick-ass female dwarf or something in the in the fellowship and i I understand why it's not because it's based on the book yeah but you totally could have had women in that in that party um and i think the female characters legolas's part could totally be a girl yeah because because the eye we we tend we still tend to go big brute strength man yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, something in that i instantly went for the one who gets to stand from a, a fair distance and you know Legolas, Legolas is extremely androgynous Legolas is androgynous yeah, and is yeah. pretty yeah. you know what I mean yeah it could be it could be it could be Katniss Everdeen in that role you know what I mean like you totally. can totally do that totally. 
Um, but I thought Liv Tyler's character was, was all right. I, I mean, she was the one who, who, who rode off, didn't she? He didn't say no. That's true. That's true. You know, she, she was a strong they, female one. They are both really strong women. There is the bit where she goes, I'll give up everything for you. He goes, no, don't. No, I will. And then she's kind of left hanging. Yeah. yeah. But does, it, really does that mean women that. can't profess their love for people? Of course not. Of course no, you can. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. There's just two parts and two very small parts yeah. in what is a very big film. But so two women who we get, I think they're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's I've what I mean like by it's not bad. It's just, yeah. it's just not enough of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and those tropes about, you know, weak and needing to be rescued and da-da-da-da-da, for the most part, that's Pippin and Mary. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Um, moving on down here, we've got uh, a favorite character. Who wins the movie? Who's the best here? Aragorn, because he's so pretty. Yeah, Aragorn. Yeah. Not, not Aragorn. he's pretty, but Aragorn. <laughs> I feel yeah. like, he's a very handsome man. I feel yeah. like out of, out of uh, loyalty, I have to say Pippin. Pippin? <laughs> really? Billy Boyd? No, he's not. I, I he's really, the worst. I, I really yeah. like Samwise. I think he's great. Samwise? Yeah. I'm really... Did you say Aragorn as well here, Ethan? I'm torn between Aragorn and uh, Boromir. I might, be, I'll be different, and I said Boromir. Boromir. See, remember Ethan? Yeah, he he does this to me, doesn't like he? Boromir. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm torn. So okay, you have Boromir. I'll sort of give him some. You know, he's fantastic. Sean Bean's great yeah, in this. He's great. He also come for the first one, make us care, and then leave. It's yeah. very Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no one's given any love yet to um, Sir Ian McKellen, who's fantastic in this film. He is really good. He is, he is the heart of this film. You tend to gravitate towards people you feel you have a little bit of you in you. Okay. So you tend to... You feel like you're... a bit of a struggle you. Well, I feel like that says something that I picked someone. I was just sort of saying. No, I know, but you... I mean, not saying I do what he do. What are we supposed, you, are we supposed to do this? Didn't someone say we're supposed to cast ourselves? Yeah, yeah, Liam, you said that. I think I'm Gandalf the Grey. I oh, know you said what what creature would you be? I think we were talking about. But what creature? Like mythical? Like would you be a dwarf? Would you be an orc? Would you be a hobbit? Would you be a? I like man? my character. Did would you be an elf? Well, I I meant what Georgia said. Oh, really? I mean, okay. But, no, but, I mean, if you were saying character, yeah. it'd be Aragorn. It's but, weird because yeah. I did see him give my vote to to Gandalf the Grey, and yet he's the one I would associate myself with. I think I can be a bit of a crotchety old man from time to time. Couple <laughs> <laughs> people chuckle there, but, <laughs> but I you know, hopefully, occasionally, I get things right and help things out, and you know, I do s- good. I think the reason I gravitate towards Aragorn is because I see myself as quite righteous. I try and do the right things that's not the same as righteous but okay is that not uh well right righteous well, is always striving righteous is, a, righteous right. is a strange yeah. thing to define yourself as which kind of that's where you get self-righteous from isn't it i don't tend yeah. to i don't tend to go out of my way to hurt anybody or do anything to uh, harm to anybody right. i try and do the right thing by everybody okay i don't always do the right thing um but i think aragon's the same Ar- aragon's trying to do the right thing by people and stand by people and i think that's why you gra- you gravitate towards people you see as a reflection on yourself. I'm not saying I am Aragon at all, um, but I think you see bits in people and you yeah. gravitate towards. A bit like when we're doing shows, you tend to go for characters in shows that you have a little bit of you in you. Oh, really? I don't. That you, do you not? No. I just okay. go for who's most interesting. Because I try and give the most realism performance I can, and by okay. doing that, is having a little bit of something I can connect with. Oh, okay. Tell you no, because Aragon was sitting next to me, I would not have been paying much attention to the podcast. <laughs> I'll, I, I'll tell you what. Like, 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 like Sorry, I, I missed that. I think it's the idea that if you that if you were Aragon and she's just saying that I'd have been spending. She sat days. beside you. Uh-huh. There we go. <laughs> I see. I see. Whereas, like, I think like when I did Judd Fry, I'm like, there's nothing of me in Judd Fry. 
I don't think so. So you know, we should just say it's just it's just a really no. But the audience can relate to Judd Fry. They can they can see you know. Yeah, it's not because it's like me. It's because I'm putting elements of myself into it. But it's not because I saw anything of myself in the character. Oh, we see. See, we're different. Then, How would you ever play a villain? Because even villains have some sort of from a catalyst. They don't born evil, are they? Well, there's always Dr. something Sauron there's always, was. There's always something well, nine times out of ten, there's always something that creates that villain. Yeah, I guess. You know, where you know, you watch Joker. But this would be like okay, but then then you're you're arguing about how well, I choose for the one who's the most like then it could be anybody. It could well, be Frodo, it could be uh, Yeah, it, it can be. Yeah. But for me, that one called for me. And that's I'm just giving you my reason yeah. why I pick who I who I see. Uh, George, our favorite character? Oh we did this right, haven't we? No, yeah, right. we were doing who would we be. Oh, who would we be? Um and to be fair, probably Bax Liam's RBO, but it probably would be Samwise. I'm like, at work. I'm. We were give, we were doing like the words to describe like our other colleagues, and everyone for me was like loyal, fiercely loyal. Okay. Um. So yeah, yeah but would probably walk past and go like, oh for fuck's sake, are we doing this again? But like continue to go with the pe- with the person because you like that's, that's from the tarantino them. script of, yeah. of the film fucking back at you uh ellie you want to go ahead and cash yourself i'd definitely be an elf um i think i'm definitely an arwen really arwen yeah i'm a fast rider if we were talking I don't like, hugely like her in the film but yep I think if, if we were talking different people like um goblins and orcs and stuff like that i'd be an elf Elf? Is that elves? Yeah. Elves? I'd be one of them. Can I say wizard? Because I still think I'd be a wizard. <laughs> You're a wizard. You're a wizard. Yeah. yeah. Well done. I, th- I, think, I think I would be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm probably Would George a be a hobbit? Yeah. You know, he would be a hobbit, actually. Yeah. So there we go. <laughs> so, Ethan? Ethan, you want to go ahead and. Ethan would be a hobbit, too, though, wouldn't he? Yeah. Probably. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. Who would you I'm be? Not... We haven't done this yet. Would you be Frodo? You'd be Frodo. I'm, I'm yeah, going Frodo because I get I have to do shit that I don't really want to do sometimes. I'm like, again, yeah, this is like the same. This is like the speech from Gandalf, <laughs> but just the Tarantino cut. Man, why do I always have to do this? <laughs> to be fair, I'm gonna take the ring. Fine. I'm the Sam to Ethan's Frodo. And yeah, that, actually, that works. Doing yeah. This fine, cool. Okay, that, actually, that, that works really well. Yeah. <laughs> there we are with cast. I would be surprised with my luck that I have some some history of like a family member who's like, yeah, I took this evil genocidal ring. Now you got to deal with it. There Bye. You go. <laughs> uh, do, 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 do. Is the oh, best moment, best element? Ooh. The score. Oh, 100%. 100% the score. Okay. Score's yeah. good. But for me, it was the, the Aragon moment where he goes up to um, Frodo and he shuts his hand. Oh, really? Where he oh, could, that is powerful. He's, yeah. he's in that moment where he could take that and he doesn't. And everyone else tries to. No, no. And he, and he doesn't. And that's quite a nice moment. I want to do honorable mention because I want to. Uh, to somehow they created chemistry between Elijah Wood and Ian McKellen without putting them in the same place at yeah, the same time too often. That's amazing. <laughs> the that practical effects in this. Are practical no effects are fantastic. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, a shout out if you guys are score, all practical effects will be sort of. Uh, I'll throw in that. Yeah. My favorite moment would be. I really. I always do love the fellowship meeting scene on the side of that sort of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like outside in like a patio that overlooks like like, like like a ravine in like the elf yeah. kingdom. Yeah. It's just a beautiful scene. I really really like that. And we sort of introduced to. Uh, can I say this? Orlando Bloom. Like I don't know why he's here. No. In this movie, <laughs> neither is Gimli. he and Gimli are both backseat players, but especially Orlando Bloom in this film. Well, that's his first. They're here to make sense, yeah. like why they're in the later films. That's yeah. their entire because thing. They're like as the sequels- film moves on, yeah. and we have yeah. multiple multiple plot lines and arcs taking place. They become important. Yeah. So I, mm. I, I get that, but in this, in the first instance, you're like, there's not really much for them to do in this one. No, it's just setting the ground rules, yeah. the mm. foundations. But yeah, uh, Grumbles. Oh, I didn't say my Oh, favorite. Ethan, sorry, because yeah. you're, you're not here. My bad. 
Yeah, no. Um, I put my ring on. I'm invisible. Um, I I really like. I I kind of shafted on like the fact that it's, the the ending is just like an extended epilogue. But er- Boromir's death scene is so good, especially because there's no real dialogue of his choice, like his change, and it's so silent, and you can just see it on his face. That he's like, "This is this is my redemption. This is what I need to do." And there is little to no dialogue at all in that change of heart. And I love that because you don't need it. You see it and you can experience it. It's fantastic. And Aragorn does shed a tear over it. Mm. Yep. You know, he says, Little kiss of, on the forehead. There we go. Um, so, uh, Grumble? Too long. Honourable mention to the Hobbit feet. They're disgusting. <laughs> oh, Grumble. <laughs> <laughs> they even show you a shot at one point, yeah. don't they? One guy with his feet up. And I do like, yeah, a long shot down his leg. It's horrible. Grim. Um, I'm really sorry to say this with Pippin in the room. Um, my grumble is that Pippin killed Gandalf. Yeah, yeah. no, if, if you go back to it, Pippin causes his death, he, yeah. He is the reason that everything goes wrong. If they just didn't take Pippin with them, which they weren't intending to do in the first place, then they wouldn't have had any of these issues. No, I agree. Yeah. My, my grumble would be that, one, it feels too much like it is setting up for two other movies, and if you've not seen them, watching the first one is like, oh my God, what is this? Secondly... It just repeats a cycle of Hobbit does something stupid, whether it be Pippin or Frodo or whichever one. Let's face it, it's Pippin. It's usually Pippin. Pippin Pippin does something stupid, gets them into trouble, some magical creature attacks them, Frodo nearly dies, they run away onto some mountain landscape and think they're free, and then Pippin does something stupid We'll have 15 seconds of exposition and then start cycling. Pippin does something stupid again. And to watch it for a first time and going, oh my God, why is there three hours of this? No, you're 100% 100 right. I just didn't didn't get it. You're 100% right. There was a lot of superfluous stuff, which you could have... You could have done with... Take away even one of those giant fight sequences, and the movie feels a lot better. It's like, oh, we're fighting again. Great, brilliant. Okay. Liam, was yours just that it was too long? Is that what you said? Oh, yeah, too long. I I I was... I quite like the idea of um, Lord of the Rings and the whole story. I mean, I was, I'd read the books when I was a kid. I saw the cartoon when I was a kid and always quite a biggish fan. Yeah. So I was expecting a lot from this when I first went to cinema to see it. I was just bored. Um, I, I don't know. I just felt like the pacing weren't always there on point and they could have shortened it. Mm-hmm. Could have made it a bit more exciting. I think for me, the pacing is... It's it's just a, it's just a trodge. Take a lot of what George just said. Take a lot of what you said. Put them together. Um, but especially once we're in the mines mm. and it's dark and it's mm. just like, uh, and then Gandalf dies. And I think we're at the emotional. I think that is the emotional climax of the film. And yeah. yet they try to manufacture a second one with Boromir's death. Yeah. And I'm like, and to your point, George, like it, it, it is setting up for an next one because it's it's, it's it's supposed to be one one continuous story. Yeah. And so I appreciate that's not just franchise here, but there was there was enough interesting in this film to like there was the party I was in on and the mission I'm in on and meeting the characters and all the way to the fellowship meeting I'm in on. And then I think what I realized, watch, this is how much Gollum adds to the movie once he's introduced mm. and we don't have and also it gets better in the next one because we have multiple story arcs we can jump back and forth to we don't have that in this film mainly so it's no. it's a difficult it's, it's it's a long hard trudge much like their journey George, yeah i really struggle with the fact that there are so many different characters and creatures that you have to get to know in this film and i understand that you need them for the rest of it but yep. to have one film that basically sets up i guess the other two i've not seen them this is my no, first yeah. time watching it and just going 
I have not enough interest one in the characters that die to feel emotionally impacted and two to be bothered to go and watch the other two yeah, I'll give him credit in that at least it, I was going to do it doing a three hour movie um, as opposed to you know some of the movies where like the cast is way too big it's yeah. like it's two hours and it's just one movie and I'm like I don't care yeah. <laughs> it will pay off it will pay off in the end but you are asking a lot to say come back and it makes more sense yeah. come back for the I- second come back for the third I think the fault of this as well, if they'd have done The Hobbit first, it would have been easier to digest because it gets you into a very a smaller movie, less time, uh, more succinct, with a, a more roundabout adventure. Yep. So if you eventually do Lord of the Rings like they were intending to do eventually after, you're used to that story, you know the things, and you can just go through all the beats because... Yep. Lord of the Rings essentially is a sequel book anyway, so... Yep. Um, Let's talk about best role ever. Uh, I'm going to talk about bacon roll, which is my best roll ever. (laughs) Yeah, better one than that? I love a bacon roll. Sausage. Sausage roll? Sausage and bacon. Well, now you no, just, like a now sausage roll, nonsense. like the pastry. Well, that's a different that's a different game. Oh, that's then. not a roll. That's not a roll, even though it's called a sausage roll. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to living in England, it. folks. Yeah. <laughs> back so, on the bacon butt tea. Bacon butt tea. So um, <laughs> let's have a go at this. We've got is this who's is this anybody's? Well, it's mo- a lot of people's. Definitely, definitely. Um, Sean Aston. Sean Aston's best role ever. Absolutely, definitely Elijah Woods. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've not seen many of these people in anything else, so okay. The um, thing is, I really, I really, really like. Um, oh god, I forgot who plays Boromir. Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Yeah, I was. It's a Sean. Yeah, I really like Sean Bean in this. I, I, I'm sure I've seen him in something where he does even better. He's better in Goldeneye. Yeah, he's in a lot of things. He's better in Goldeneye. He's, yeah. he's great in this. He is. I still, I still like him as Sharp <laughs> um, in the TV series. Yeah. He's great in that. Uh, Outside of that, Liv Tyler's been better. A lot better. Um, Hugo Weaving's been better. I don't know what Kate Blanchett's been better. X Men? I haven't seen it. I prefer him in this than I do X Men. Uh, he was in the first Da Vinci Code? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like I don't remember it, though. Okay. So those are some options, though. Um, outside of that, uh, that's. Vigo Morrison, I like him in that um, TV. Oh, movie. Vigo, this is my best Vigo. Sorry, yeah. Uh, Hands down, my, my best Vigo. Oh, no, I liked him in Vanishing Point. But there we are. I haven't seen Magic Boy, so there we go. He might be better than that. But for me, that's that. Uh, age game, age game. Let's all play the age game. I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? And so many, so many, so many thanks to Moonlight Social yeah. for a little age game. Diddy, Ellie, what do we got today? Uh, we're going to start with Elijah Wood. Oh. Frodo, yeah. Yeah. Frodo. And this is at the time when the movie is filmed as well it's released released 27 okay i'm gonna say 23 oh i was gonna say 21 19 20 oh wow split i did not think it was that young jeez no neither no okay uh sean astin sam Oh, I'm going to go 27 again i think he is older slight note he gained 30 pounds for this role i'll say that yeah yeah wow good on him um so okay Oh, no, wait. 24. No. 32. Yeah, he's older. 30. 30. He's 30. <laughs> wow. Jeez. Looks good for 30. Yeah. Ian McKellen. Oh, if you're fat, you get to sort of carry some extra. You're good. It's, it takes some years off you. 64. Gandalf, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to go 60. 60. 
63. I've got 62. He is 62. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh What can I say? Orlando Bloom. Legless. If he's only just out of drama school. Legless. 20. Legless. Oh, Legolas. That's different from Legless. 23. I'm going 22. 21. 24. Oh. Must have gone late. Late graduate as well. Yeah. Well. I I went just by the context. Yeah. 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 Viggo Mortensen. 34. 31. 36. He's Billy Ray Cyrus, yeah? Yeah. Um, 38. He is 43. Wow! wow. He looks good. You look know, so right? good, Vigo. So good. Wow. Wow. The man can't be stopped. <laughs> I think he might actually be a god. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> John Reese Davis, he plays Gimli. Oh, well, that's hard. Difficult with all the makeup. Um, 42. 35. He's old. I'm going to go. You said 52? Or 55? 57. Hey, yeah. But that's really hard because so much of it yeah, is just yeah. tight close ups on his face. Yeah. yeah. And then finally, we're going to go for Sean Bean. Ooh, oh, Sean, Sean Bean. Bean. Seen Bean. Uh, Which one's Sean 38. Bean? This guy dies, Bormer. 43. No, 45. 42. Did he answer? He did. I forget yeah. what it was. Oh. 38. Sorry. He's 42, yeah. Hey! Well oh, I did okay. I was all right. Oh, I did okay. Yeah. It was a nice, it was nice <laughs> middle for everybody here. That one. Uh, let's go ahead and talk to Critic Corner. 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. 91%. Ooh. Georgia, what do we got? Uh, yes, yeah, so I've got uh, David Denby from The New Yorker said, uh, the New Zealander director Peter Jackson, who wrote the screenplay with Fran Walsh and Philippa Boyens, works enough dramatic tension into pictor- and pictorial grandeur in- to sustain us through long periods of complicated exposition and heavy bouts of swordplay. I would disagree, but cool. Uh, Jonathan Rosenbaum from the Chicago Reader said, it's full of scenic splendors with a fine sense of scale, but its narrative thrust seems relatively pro forma and I was bored by the battle scenes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Richard Roper from uh, Ebert and Roper just says, okay. it goes on forever. It does. That's the whole thing. <laughs> does, is that a positive or is that a negative? I, I believe it's a negative because okay. we got a rotten Okay, that would be it, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I did have a look at Ebes, our good friend Roger Ebert. Ebes. Um, who actually gave it three. So Three stars out of four. Yeah, three. Okay. quite liked it. Uh, it says, uh, The Fellowship of the Ring doesn't match my imagery... Uh, imaginary vi- vi- sorry that fellowship of the ring doesn't match my imaginary vision of middle earth is my problem not yours perhaps it will look exactly as you think it should but some may regret that the hobbits have been pushed out of the foreground and reduced to support in characters and the movie depends on action scenes much more than tolkien did in a statement last week t- tolkien's son christopher who is the literary protector of his father's work said my own position is that the lord of the rings is uh, peculiarly unsuitable to transform into visual dramatic form that is probably true, and Jackson, instead of transforming it, has transmuted it into a sword and sorcery epic that, um, in the modern style containing many of the same characters and incidents. So he wasn't the big fan, considering he liked the books, but was able to separate those things, I think, when he did his overall star rating. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, so uh, I'll admit, I completely forgot to put any sort of feedback up for this one. So I'm going to put it up tonight. Uh, I'm going to okay. edit it in here. So we'll just do a little... And as promised, uh, it's just me. I'm reading through your feedback, though. Sorry we didn't get up ahead of time. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it's only so much, I guess, uh, I could do that morning. So I forgot to put the tweet up. But thank you, everybody, who, and we had a lot, quite a few people who actually responded. Uh, usual categories to start off with, sort of the macro before the micro. Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. We asked, was it a great film, a good film, an okay film, or a bad film? And you lot overwhelmingly, 61.8% of you said it was a great film, with 21.1% of you saying it's a good film. So that's, uh, if my mouse correct, almost 83% of you saying that it is good or a above so that's the sign of i think a probably a pretty strong film but as for specifics let's start off with friend of the podcast lestat who says fantastic technical film fans of cinematography and filmmaking from a technical standpoint always love this movie right totally respect it from that view as a sit and watch movie absolute goblin shit and some of the most overrated movies ever. Elijah Wood did an awful job, too. I'm going to sit here and kind of go. I, 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 I'm not going to go as, 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 as negative as you've gone, but I will say that I'm kind of with you. I'm going, you know, it, it's a long three hours, and I think people who uh, rate this highly tend to be people who haven't seen it in a while. And I think if you sit down and watch it, it's a long movie. I think the longer you are away from your most recent viewing, the higher it does sort of rise because you remember the technical stuff and you don't remember the act of actually sitting through it. So I'm a little bit with you there. Uh, Griff from the Paul and Griff show, another friend of the podcast says not seen it in many years, but remember it to be very enjoyable. Aha. See, here is my thesis. The further away you get, the more you like it. Sean Bean's death is brutal. You shall not pass has to be one of cinema's greatest epic scenes left you excited for the two towers. I remember I went and saw it with some friends and when we came out of it, we sort of sat around going, where do we think this is going because i hadn't read the lord of the rings i I did know spoilers about gandalf the white uh i I didn't know that because someone had sort of mentioned it and so i was aware of the of the allegory of it all and so i was going okay gandalf is jesus uh what do you do with with with, with the rest of it and uh had some fun ideas where the story was going i don't know if the story i felt had to be three hours each side to get there friend of the podcast Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith says, I remember these being a landmark event. I didn't read the book, so went in not knowing much. Peter Jackson did an amazing job. The cinematography was unbelievable. I can use the podcast to remind myself. I've not seen it since 2001. Revisiting the Oscars pod, uh, who just did 1981's podcast uh, episode of, of the Oscars, said, is this even a question? My favorite of the three and brilliant introduction to Middle Earth. Well, of course, it's a question. We ask the question every week. But thanks for chiming in. Really, your favorite of the three? I... I gotta go. I mean, the character of Gollum adds so much to, to to the story, and I was so aware of his absence all the way through. But I'd be very curious in knowing why why it is your favorite. Uh, I, I really would. I feel the first one's just just building a universe. Maybe it's therefore free from the pressure of actual storytelling, which I do think that they, uh, with the exception of Gandalf, they and, and Boromir, they kind of shy away from. But uh, l- l- let me know. I'm, I'm up for another chat on that. Uh, Danny from It's a Musical Podcast says lord of the rings is a masterpiece pure and simple they only get better i don't watch the theatrical cut anymore it's extended or nothing we are not doing the apocalypse now cut of this film it's not occurring drew would agree with me she's actually been to hobbiton and wants hobbit vibes for the wedding can't wait to hear this one well we did cast ethan and georgia as being more hobbit sized compared to the rest of us so and they're both theatrically minded you could probably get them to actually show up in costume i'll just go ahead and you know sort of 
suggest that now and, and and maybe there's an arrangement that can be made to a fact about hobbiton that we didn't talk about is that hobbiton was constructed and then left to mature for like uh, i think it was about part of a year and the way they maintained it was that you had the animals eat the grass like they would naturally to give it that sort of natural unhollywood vibe and uh something i'm glad you brought up hobbiton because i would have forgotten to bring that in so next up we've got <laughs> robo squidge back for another kick at the can here i really dislike the lord of the rings films and books personal feelings aside i think it's hard to deny they're excellent movies they're just not for me might be where i sit with this might be where i sit with this i I can't deny technically fantastic films i think it falls short on story uh film floggers says a memorable cinema sorry a memorable cinema experience hashtag team boromir why couldn't frodo and sam have used the great eagles from the get-go no trilogy Uh, i 100 percent agree we brought it up already it is the greatest plot hole maybe in modern storytelling if you can get the eagles to do what you want why can't you get them to fly you over the mountains and get to uh get to mount doom Uh, on second watch says fellowships an incredible introduction to the world the characters and the music and sean bean dies so bonus and uh, on second watch do a special feature where they talk about how sean bean would die in the film that they are reviewing uh most weeks anyway so definitely uh, right up there up their alley there and trust on second watch they do a good job friend of the podcast baz who goes on and says we took our nan to see this at the cinema about halfway through she asked is it on for much longer about an hour and a half left, I whispered. Then another two movies over the next two years. Don't know why I bothered coming. I'll be dead by the third one, was her reply. Cue much laughter around us in the cinema. Thankfully, she did live to see all three. Was she happy that she'd seen all three? I'm sure she's happy that she was around for all three. Was she happy that she saw all three? Uh, but a great story, and I'm going to go ahead and push the button on that. Sticker worthy. So, Baz, you get a hold of us. We'll, we'll, we'll throw you a sticker out to your part of the world. Just let us know where we're sending it via uh, a direct message to the pod, please, and thank you. All right, on the way to the forum, who's say although it doesn't follow very closely to the tomes it is an excellent adaptation will always hold a place in my heart as one of my favorite films uh snrp 2010 says i'm going to be controversial and say i think all the lord of the rings films are overrated in my opinion fellowship of the ring is an average film at best okay i can meet you halfway is it overrated i think absolutely average i'm going ah <laughs> there's some fantastic cinematography the score is fantastic the acting with the exception of maybe elijah wood is can oh and and Liv tyler is consistently uh excellent i i i think uh you you, you said you had a hot take uh i i think i would like to hear a little more defense about how it's average at best I really would. Uh, Hermes in the Scuttlebutt podcast said, as much as we did enjoy these growing up reading and watching, there are certain pieces that simply cannot be ignored. Elijah Wood's performance. Must we go on? Hashtag sorry, not sorry. His constipation face doesn't sell any scene for us. Good films overall, though. Yeah, I think you've kind of nailed that one. I really do feel that's quite accurate. And sort of the stat who said right there with you, technically great, but bad movies as a moviegoer. Is this one of those rare occasions where Lestat and I are sort of on the same page? Is the universe, is, is this a multiverse? Am I a variant of myself somehow? Um, nostalgia cast who say, my favorite of a trilogy in the way that it revels in cliffhanger thrills after thoroughly establishing the characters and what they're fighting for so that every action beat has weight and impact. The payoff is worth the buildup. I wish more blockbusters would remember that. Yeah, I'll say this. The big moments felt earned. 
and I think I mentioned that as part of the big review. I said you have to spend you, you can't do what you do and do it in less than three hours. You have to you have to make us invested. And we've criticized this in the past. Uh, I think Point Break was one of them, especially where we go, you have to put the time in so when bad things happen, we care. And I'm not sure. Uh, in some movies, we care enough. I think this one we absolutely did because they gave it some time. They really did. Uh, Juline, 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 Juline. It's a lot easier to sing when there's other people singing with you. Said, the movie will always go down in history, and the one movie I love just as much as the book. To which point, on the way to the forum, said, same. And then finally, we have our own Lord of the Rings length review from Carlo, who says, a masterpiece. Saw this in the theaters back in the day, and it blew me away from the beginning. That impressive prologue does a great job of exposition and setting up the stage just before setting our characters on their journey. It's an impressive feat of filmmaking, full of almost flawless production and great acting. I love the whole trilogy, but this is hands down my favorite of the three. Finally, one thing that I think it's important to emphasize, especially as time goes by, is how much of a gamble this film and the trilogy was back then. A joint studio effort, which was not the custom, helmed by an unknown and untested director that came from directing mostly splatter horror. Filmed back to back to back with a cast of mostly unknown actors, it was something unheard of in so many aspects that I think nobody expected it to come through, let alone become the massive phenomenon it became. It's remarkable. I'll shut up now. Hey, thanks for that, Carlo. Uh, so same question. Why is it the best of a three? Is it because it's free of the reins of actually having to tell a story? All of us one had to do was create the world that we were built in and then just leave us gazing off into the middle far distance and call that a movie? Is that what that is? Uh, we, we, great acting. I will throw Elijah Wood and Liv Tyler at you. I'll give you the unknown cast. Liv Tyler is the only name at this point. Maybe Elijah Wood. Everybody else is relatively... I'm going to say fully unknown, but they're not people who would have been big, big draw. They're not movie stars. Not a movie star in this besides Liv Tyler. I'll give you that. So what is it about that? I, I, I do. I am a little bit skittish to ask the question because you did come back with a five tweet response. So maybe we'll see what essay we have for next week. And with that, I'll throw you back to our panel. <laughs> Wow, can you believe all oh, that feedback we got there? Wow, some Thank hot you takes in there. I can't believe at Twitter user 17, <laughs> glad they got that number, said That's it was right. the best film <laughs> since The Room. The Room, so there we go. <laughs> so uh, thank you very much to everybody who yeah, I'm assuming thanks. wrote in, and, and, and I have recorded some sort of commentary on. So there we no one bothers. Go. And it's just you guys need to remind me before, before we, it's no, all no, over no to go takes. ahead and put it up. So there we go. Yeah. Uh, I think there'll be some hot takes. Some people will, will come against the grain on this Lord one here rings, yeah yeah uh rating time what do you have coming up for our rating let's start with ellie um i'd like to press a button is it this one that's the mistake sure. button there's a mistake i think i made i'd like to apologize to georgia for what when georgia announced this last week i think i let out an audible groan oh okay <laughs> um i really enjoyed this um okay <laughs> I have seen it before, as I said, and I thought I'd never wanted to see it again. Um, I, I had a great time. Um, I think the score is the best film score I've ever heard. Um, I think it's incredible. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. So I'm going to give it a nine. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I didn't see, that I didn't see it coming either at all. Uh, I did see this at the cinema and I have seen it before. Um, I am a Lord of the Rings avid fan. 
Um, but since these movies, unless you see it all in a whole, I wish they'd do like condensed version. Yeah. Um, so I could watch all three in one day rather than spending a whole weekend. And- oh, I know people who like will like try and watch it in the same day. I'm like, shit. Nice you know I mean? to meet you. Oh, oh yeah. Our friend Tiggy does that frequently. Does she? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I did Tiggy. that with the extended last year. It killed me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'd like to give it a, it's not as good as I thought, even on reflection. It did drag a bit. So I'm going to say, but I still enjoyed it at parts. So I'm going to give it an eight. My opinion on this film was I didn't like that it was setting up for two and three because it felt like as a first time watcher, it, it felt like it was setting up for two and three and to take three hours to do that. I was kind of like, ugh, really? Okay. Um, but the score is fantastic. The uh, cinematography is fantastic. And to be fair, yeah, some of the acting performances are good, but it just took too long for me. And I'm not interested in it. I don't have any interest in going watching two and three from watching one, which I think is what it was trying to do. So for me, it's a six and a half. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, technically, this movie's fantastic. Um, the don't you think it? Don't you? Want oh, to Ethan, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> I, I keep yeah, forgetting. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, it's difficult because I I do really like this film, but I like it's also the the concept of the series as a standalone film. I agree with what Georgia says that it's a lot to to build up, and it's a lot. It's three hours of build up with some really really good scenes a fantastic score um i think with the the only issue i have is just that middle pacing that mid that middle act when they get to moria where i go okay yeah it's just really really i'm gonna say make a pun balrog down but (laughs) (laughs) wow that that was was terrible (laughs) but um I think I'm I'm gonna go seven. I'm gonna go seven. It's really well done, but there is a there's a there's an issue just in that metal part where you, it doesn't feel like the same film. Yep. Uh, as for me, technically, I think it's a brilliant film. The score is very, very strong. The set locations and choices are outstanding. The cinematography, which I don't think we talked enough about probably, is absolutely mm. top-notch, especially in, in, in villain areas more than yeah, anything else. Really it was lovely. the villain spots of the best cinematography. Uh, the acting's fine, but where I can't have a sense about, about it, such a highly regarded uh, novel, where it falls apart from me is on story. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, th- it, it it just felt like I was recycling the same sort of mini threats. Uh, and then again, like I said, it was like the, the, the 10 minutes in between each battle scene where we actually had character development that needed more of. Uh, this is a film that badly needs Gollum and it isn't there yet. So I'm going to go seven and a half. Seven and a half out of ten is my rating. So uh, you've heard what your rating are. You've heard what our rating is now. So let's just talk about next week, the eighth film of Hot Film Summer. Hot, hot, hot. Hot, hot, hot. Uh, I'm doing a film. It's kind of a weird sequence. For a couple of years now, it felt like people had to keep postponing things and celebrations and <laughs> uh, things. So I'm going to declare it wedding season here at the BFE. <laughs> Nobody's getting married. That's Danny and Drew, and it's a musical. God bless you guys. But uh, we're going to do Four Weddings and a Funeral by Richard Curtis, starring Hugh Grant. Yay. Uh, and Kristen Scott Thomas and a few other people. So first off i'm really excited about that i really like this film hugh grant is like viggo mortis has anybody not seen this film before (laughs) no i have seen it okay 
Um, so I could use a laugh and something light and breezy and in and out in two hours. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, first off, tell someone about the podcast, get them to listen to it. That's always a big help. You can leave us a review. You could, if you want some juicy BFE merchandise, you can go on over to the BFE merch store, grab yourself a friend of the podcast t-shirt or something else. Oh, uh, it's special announcement because, uh, I forgot to say it when we do the beginning, Wave two of our BFE shirts will be releing hey. for back to school. Hey, back to school special. There we go. We have at least four shirts and a fifth one, which is uh, going to take a little bit longer because I might have made that a bit too special. Excellent. Um, <laughs> also, if you want to support the podcast, help us keep the lights on here at the Studio of Awesomeness. You could give us a small little donation if you're so inclined. Keep the lights on. It's available via our link tree. Some people have asked, how can I support the podcast with a little bit of monetary good? And if you want some, it's there. Thank you very much. That's on our link tree. So uh, just a reminder, it feels like we ran a little bit long today, but I'd like to remind you the podcast does not run long, nor does it run short. It goes precisely (laughs) as it should be. So please join us next week for Four (laughs) Weddings and a Funeral. We'll catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flop.